For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Satellite system. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. And this is Hesh. This is Health Talk. And uh, I would really like to get into more about Monsanto's um, incredible arm of deceit and deception. You, you know that basically Monsanto pays everybody off, they've been infiltrating every corner of the U.S. academia, government regulators, corporate control media. Despite that, Scotland, Russia, Germany, and now Hungary are rejecting Monsanto's imperialism to produce genetically modified foods for Europe. I mean, why is it that only the United States. Why? Why is it that Monsanto, that is known as the world's most evil corporation, has turned the United States into basically an experiment field? And they do that by recruiting a mafia of academias and offering them monetary bribes that they describe as grants. I mean, it's, it, it's like it's crazy. The problem is that Monsanto's genetically modified seeds not only pose this risk of genetic pollution and basically the destruction and collapse of the food crops, but... They cause cancer. And the glyphosate is the deadly chemical that the Serolini study in France showed causing the massive tumors in lab rats. That was only the beginning. They had up to 50% of the males and 70% of the females in their test that suffered premature death. 
the rats that drank the trace amounts of Roundup at levels legally allowed in the water supply had a 200 to 300% increase in tumors. The rats that were fed genetically modified corn with the traces of Roundup had severe organ damage, liver damage, and kidney damage. What happened was the study fed those rats the Monsanto variety of genetically modified corn that is basically grown across North America and widely fed to the animals and the humans. This is the same corn that is in your corn-based breakfast cereal, your corn tortillas, your corn snack chips. Then California announced that it wanted to add glyphosate to its list of known carcinogens. And, of course, we all know that the World Health Organization declared glyphosate a probable carcinogen. They have to use probable because they got to keep the door open because it's really hard to just pinpoint this and say this is a cause. So while the United States government openly, openly colludes with Monsanto and the biotech industry to poison the American people with their genetically modified foods and glyphosates. All those countries, Russia, Scotland, Hungary, Germany, and all the others, they realize that poisoning your own people is bad for government. So how how did this happen? I mean, why are GMO seeds mostly banned throughout the European Union. Why? Because of their horrible effect on the environment and on human health. But Monsanto, of course, and Syngenta, they they are not buy you know, they don't buy it, man. So in Germany, in requesting the GMO ban the Agriculture Ministry is looking for backing from the state ministries in a letter that they sent to them. And the federal ministry gave the state ministries until, I mean, a couple of days from now to reply. And if no objections were heard, then the German government is going to ask the companies to exclude the country from applications to sell genetically modified seeds. So why? Okay, you know that in, in, in here in the U.S., everyone knows that money talks in Washington. We know that. But most people are not probably aware of just how loud it's and how greatly it influences policy decisions like the the recent passage 
of the Safe and Accurate Food Labeling Act of 2015, known as the Dark Act. And, well, the critics call it the Dark Act. Well, this bill basically wants to ban the states from passing their own laws requiring mandatory labeling of genetically modified foods. So our U.S. corrupt politicians, they only seem to make important decisions when their pockets are first lined in accordance with their respective financial gains. And this is how the Dark Act was passed, with nearly $30 million being dumped by big food into the greasy pockets of those unbelievable traders who really don't give a crap about you or your family's health. So the details of those financial contributions made to the 275 politicians who voted in favor of the Dark Act have emerged and the picture is ugly. Among the 230 Republicans and the 45 Democrats that supported the bill, the big ag and the big food interests contributed a whopping $29.9 million during the 2014 campaign cycle to seal the deal. So the two original co-sponsors of the Dark Act was Representative Mike Pompeo and G.K. Butterfield. Uh, Pompeo from Kansas, a Republican, and Butterfield, a Democrat from North Carolina, they took more money than Bayer has aspirin from the Grocery Manufacturers Association introduced the bill. And the co-sponsors have been exposed for accepting six-figure bribes from Big Ag in exchange for their votes. So if you're in Washington, your views no longer matter unless you got the bucks to back it up. Do you understand? So even though labeling bills were passed in Connecticut and Vermont, of course, they never manifested, but none other than Pepsi and Monsanto, two of the most prominent members, they contributed collectively over $5 million dollars towards the anti-labeling lobbying stuff. And their efforts have not been in vain because the Dark Act, Dark Act seems to be moving through Congress with flying colors despite the overwhelming support among the average Americans for mandatory GMO labeling or even a full-scale ban on GMOs in foods. It, 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 it has no relevance. So why make Pepsi and Monsanto's position against GMO more important than the 300 million or so odd Americans 
that support GMO labeling. Uh, obviously, it's money. That's the root of the evil in the D.C., the District of Criminals. So the basic problem that the U.S. faces is that our original constitutionally limited representative democracy has died an ugly death. We are presently in the hands of professional politicians who respond to the 1% money with which they are showered and not to the people who they're supposed to represent. So now what we have is a government up for and by the corporation. So how did the media become, obviously they've been paid off with advertising. And what happened with, um, you guys remember a company called Chipotle. Well, Chipotle came out and said they were going to go GMO free. And after announcing that they would switch to using GM, non-GMO ingredients in their food, oh, my God, they were blasted by the major media outlets. I mean, it's like you've got to be kidding me. So what's happening is we've come to expect this complete and utter lack of balanced reporting and journalistic integrity when it comes to some of the issues that the natural health community cares about. But this sort of vindictive crap against a company for simply trying to satisfy its customers is appalling. But the smear job does have merit because it brings out into the open what the GMO investigators have to deal with every day. And that is constant intimidation and threat. Any scientist who dares to take on GMO special interests will be told that his or her career will be ruined and then ever more intense pressure will follow. Why? Because the biotech and the big farm companies involved have huge amounts of money at their disposal money that can make or break university research budgets, and money that is channeled to media advertising, which keeps the traditional media alive. So the most vehement denunciation or attempted disgrace of Chipotle's recent decision, believe it or not, came from the editorial board of the Washington Post. <laughs> and the Washington Post said, thus has a leading food company added its imprimatur to a global propaganda campaign that is not only contrary to the best scientific knowledge, but also potentially harmful to vulnerable populations around the world. So the editorial board feels qualified to decide unilaterally 
who the best scientists are without even considering who is being paid off by who. And then the Post laments the facts that the anti-GMO lobby has scared people and burritos can be sold by pandering to those fears. I mean, you want to learn who's really scared? Just talk to the scientists and the doctors who dare to raise questions about GMO safety. You saw what happened to Dr. Oz when he covered the classification of glyphosate as a possible human carcinogen. A bunch of doctors sent a letter to Columbia University asking for Oz's removal as the vice chair of the Department of Surgery at your medical school. So rather than adding anything meaningful to the debate, the major media outlets are sending this very clear in this message to the restaurant industry. And they're basically saying, if you follow in Chipotle's footsteps, we will make an example of you. I mean, why is it so clear that such a frontal attack by the major news outlets has to be instigated by the biotech industry public relations department? And despite the options of the media outlets, which are desperately chasing advertising dollars, why, why, why can't they support the Americans' desire to label GMOs? And the companies that respond positively to consumer demand, they should be applauded. They shouldn't be vilified. I mean, what universe is pandering to provide consumers with what they need and what they desire harmful? Seriously. So, anyway, the good news is that momentum is building behind the movement to label foods. Uh, about a week or so ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, a federal court denied the grocery manufacturer's attempt to block Vermont's recent general labeling law. And the law is scheduled to go into effect on July 1st of next year. But the state's motion to dismiss the grocery manufacturer's case was also denied. So the lawsuit will continue. But the decision is very crucial because it helps advance, advance the Connecticut main labeling laws. Right? I mean... Then they have to add trigger clauses to the bills requiring four other states and five other states to pass similar bills before legislation can go into effect. So even though these guys are out there, even though these guys are trying, they've given them restrictions to do things to inhibit the passage of their bill. I mean, in Hawaii, we had the same thing. It actually passed on the island of Maui. A labeling bill passed. Then they called in the federal judge. <laughs> and the federal judge said, you can't pass the bill 
because labeling GMOs is a federal issue, not a state issue. So we knew that it was coming. We knew that the, that decision by Chipotle to get rid of GMOs would be criticized, and we knew by who. And Chipotle is by far one of the largest in the country. And it's possible to gauge the impact of the decision by the relentless criticism that they were forced to endure, as if this was the first time a business made a decision to cater to a certain type of customer. So what we have is got the Washington Post, Time Magazine, Chicago Tribune, L.A. Times. They're all hookers from Monsanto. That's how it goes. They don't care. Give me the money. We want to stay in business. That's all. We can keep printing. Who cares if nobody wants to read our papers anymore? As long as we can keep printing and people want to advertise, we're good. So our food supply, the American food supply, is teeming with deadly pesticides. But the USDA, which was headed by the former Monsanto lawyer Tom Vilsack, who says people shouldn't worry because pesticides are completely safe to eat. I'll give you a minute to stop laughing. No, seriously. So what happened was the, the latest pesticide data that was released by the USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service says that most pesticide contamination on fresh fruit and vegetables and butter and other food commodities is below the legal tolerance limits established by the EPA. Of course, they only tested 23 of the almost 10,000 food samples, right? And the USDA says that the best, that the those 23 samples showed pesticide residues exceeding the established tolerance levels. So because only 23 showed the residues, the agency is claiming that the food supply doesn't pose a safety concern and consumers can eat up whatever they want without worry. But what the agency is not telling anyone is that tolerance levels continually change as a result of corporate lobbying. And as more pesticides are needed to grow genetically modified crops and other unnatural factory food, more residues remain, so it requires the need for new limits. So not only does the EPA continue to evaluate the safety of pesticides in isolation, and ignore the effects of synergistic real-life exposures to many different pesticides, but the agency has also repeatedly succumbed to corporate lobbying pressures up to the safety limits for these known hazardous pesticides. Back in September of last year, Syngenta petitioned the EPA to increase the legal tolerance for 
neonicotinoid pesticides on crops. And the neonicotinoids, as you might remember, are now widely regarded as the bee-killing class of pesticides, which are now banned in most of Europe. And Monsanto, purveyor of the deadly Roundup herbicide, has petitioned the EPA to up the allowable limit, uh, limit of glyphosate on crops as well. And the new limit would double the amount of glyphosate residue allowed on crops like soy and canola, raising it from 20 parts per million to 40 parts per million. I mean, don't you think that all these exposures have a cumulative effect on anyone who consumes them? I've had a guest on my show several times, Dr. Stephanie Senna, who is from PhD from the Massachusetts of Technology, who she and another independent scientist, Anthony Samsell, put together a report, a study, on the specific damage caused by the constant exposures to glyphosate. And what they said was that the negative impact on the body is insidious and then manifests slowly over time as inflammation damages cellular systems throughout the body. And the consequences are most of the diseases and conditions associated with a Western diet which include the gastrointestinal disorders, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, depression, autism, infertility, cancer, and Alzheimer's. Now, if you don't take my word for it, just go into your search engine and put down Dr. Stephanie Seneff's report on GMOs or on sulfur. So while being the most popular herbicide in global use, glyphosate may also be the most deadly, and yet USDA purposely avoids testing for it on food, saying that the tests are too costly and impractical. So there was this cowardly USDA spokesperson that stated that tests for glyphosate are extremely expensive to perform on a regular basis, so the USDA doesn't want to conduct them. I mean, is this not the lamest excuse that you've ever heard? And does it not show zero concern for public health by the USDA? or any interest whatsoever in actually regulating the world's most hideous crop chemical, and despite the fact that glyphosate was approved under the stipulation that its presence on food remain under an established tolerant, uh, tolerable threshold? I mean, this, you know, Monsanto's got the buck. So all they're doing is paying it off. So now 
we I just said about the nikon neotenoids killing the bees, right? These guys are the keystone species. These guys, it's like if you remove if you remove the wedge shaped stone at the type of an arch, the entire structure collapses, right? So the bees are the keystone species because they're the world's primary pollinators and they're crucial to the environment. So Monsanto claims that the bees only pollinate about a third of the world's crops and others estimate their contribution to be closer to 90%. But with this horrendous decline of the bee population, it's not just threatening our crop, it is threatening all the varied and diverse wild plants across the globe that provide food for the animals. We lose the bees and we lose our ecosystems. Do we really want that? <clears throat> so the colony collapse disorder is this term for deserted hives. The adult bees vacate the hive, and they leave behind the queen and the immature bees. And the adults, they simply vanish. So the Department of Agriculture cited several possible causes for colony collapse, including parasites, viruses, predators, nutritional deficits, and pesticide poisoning. But they hypothesized a probable combination of factors while reminding us that bee disappearance had been recorded all the way back to the 1880s. Okay, so we got to recognize that there's multiple factors in play. And there's no denying the fact that the bees are very sensitive to pesticides, which makes them more susceptible to disease and interferes with their navigation. But even when exposed to sublethal doses of pesticides, a lot of bees simply get lost. They can't even find their way back to the colony. They die lost and alone. So it's not just the pesticides sprayed on the crops that are killing the bees. It's the pesticides that are built into the genetically modified crops are killing them as well. And for years, Monsanto has masqueraded as an eco-friendly biotech company that is concerned about our dying bees. So the EPA gave Monsanto a $3 million grant from taxpayer money to develop a solution for colony collapse disorder. And one of their scientists, one of their top booker scientists, let the cat out of the bag when he admitted that genetically engineered farming and bees cannot coexist. Guess which one they consider expendable. You got it. So instead of saving the bees, Monsanto wants to replace them and to profit from their demise. And how are they going to do that? They are going to make 
<laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. They are going to make a genetically engineered flying ant. And that genetically engineered flying ant will pollinate all the crops on the planet. So once again, we see Monsanto's endgame. Total 100% complete control of our food supply. And they admit, they admit that their genetically modified foods and pesticides are killing our bees. But instead of putting the welfare of the entire world's food supply ahead of their corporate greed, right, instead of Oh, I guess we got cut off, and I apologize for that. Um, what's happening with, you know, as the, the GMO thing still continues, what's happening is that it's gotten into the medical, the medical profession by telling people that the dialysis industry wants people to eat GMOs and glyphosate. Really. I, 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 I'm not making that up. So, you know, there was a Monsanto scientist that appeared on the show, The Doctors, and a guy defended glyphosate. And then she tried to bring tears to people that saying she was a caring mother. And she's saying that the dialysis industry is not bent on harming health. It's there to help it. And money, if it's going to be made, even if it includes people dying, so be it. So the fact that Monsanto and those that are brainwashed by their glyphosate is safe mentality continue to applaud the chemical safety 
and use is a sad comment about humanity. I mean, man, the link between glyphosate and GMOs and health problems is obvious. Yet they turn the other way and they come up with desperate excuses to show otherwise. And this is what we're up against. This is, I mean, what can you do? We are up against corruption. So we know we talk about liver and kidney toxicity to mice. Well, there was a new paper that came out in Environmental Sciences Europe that exposed a criminal science cartel that actively censors research into GMOs and biotech industry that goes against the status quo. There were three doctors that want the world to know that the Giles Eric Seralini study on genetically modified corn is a toxicity study and happened, just so happened to uncover the carcinogenic effects from the GMO corn and Roundup. And their peer-reviewed paper, which was called The Serolini Affair, Degeneration of Science to Rescience, is warning people that retracting studies simply because they don't fit the official narrative for a particular subject is the antithesis of what true science is supposed to entrail. Now, I don't know if you know about the Seralini report that got published in the um, Toxicology and, uh, what was the name of it? Toxicology and Toxicity Journal. And uh, it was a, it's a peer-reviewed journal where they take all these reports. So they took the Seralini study of oh, the Food and Chemical Toxicology magazine. So they took the Seralini study, but they retracted it. Why they retracted it? They retracted it because Monsanto took one of their former employees and made him the chief reviewer of studies for Food and Chemical Toxicology Journal. And made sure that he wouldn't like what Seralini discovered, so they removed the report from that study. So what happened was all these, about four or 500 scientists, independent scientists across the world said, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Are you really serious? And what they did was they got the report back in the Food and Toxicology Journal. And they got rid of the guy that Monsanto put in there. This is what's happening in the world. And just as bad as it is with GMOs, you got their kissing, kissing cousin with the vaccines. For five years, 
the Merck company knowingly deceived and poisoned 80 million people around the world with their infamous and deadly drug, Vioxx. The drug was taken off the market in 2004 after a study revealed that Vioxx doubled the risk of heart attack and stroke in those who took the drug. So the psychopath that run Merck knowingly falsified safety data on Vioxx, which led to heart attacks and strokes in numerous people. So all of Merck's sales representatives must have realized at that point that they were nothing more than hookers from one of the most criminal operations on the planet. And on hearing the news in 2003, one of the sales reps decided to quit because she was disillusioned by the corporation she had become a hooker for. And as her eyes opened and her life journey trucked on, it became apparent to her that her greatest desires for truth and medicine were going to express themselves as her reality unfolded. Now, her name was Brandy Vaughn. And after she moved to Europe, she decided to move back to the U.S. to live in California. She didn't trust the pharmaceutical companies, but she did take her son to a wellness visit. The doctor at the visit pushed for several vaccinations for her for her son, who was at the age of six months old. And the doctor got really ticked off when Vaughn said she wanted to see the vaccine inserts. So the doctor stormed out of the office and sent in a nurse to tell Vaughn that she and her son had to leave and were not welcomed back. So Vaughn, who knew very little about vaccines at the time, was simply asking questions. And after getting no answers from her doctor and getting the cold shoulder, she got a little bit more passionate about learning what vaccines were, what they were for, and what was in them. So, with no reason to trust the pharmaceutical companies, she sought out information on her own. And she learned that the vaccine industry not only had legal immunity from the damage that the vaccine caused, but she also found flawed safety data on vaccine that mirrored the Vioxx situation. And the more she learned about vaccine toxins, the more she became passionate about not vaccinating her son. So as she started to raise awareness about the risks of vaccines, she began to realize realize a little bit more of a sinister plot, that the pharmaceutical companies use the force of government to mandate vaccine schedules on all little kids. 
1952, I was 13 years old. The vaccine schedule included about seven doses. Today, the CD's vaccine schedule includes up to 49 doses before a little kid becomes six years old. There are hundreds of vaccines currently being developed. It's kind of become a game where the pharmaceutical companies profit from the fears of disease instead of actually providing education to improve public health through nutrition. So profits are made by poisoning the blood of little kids with toxic adjuvants like aluminum. <clears throat> so Vaughn, the former Merck hooker, understood that just because things are on the market doesn't mean they're safe. Now she does everything she can to inform parents about their power to choose what's best for their kids. And she speaks out very vehemently against California's forced vaccination law. I mean, she says if there's a risk, there has to be a choice. She has been repeatedly intimidated. Her house has been broken into since a rally against the mandatory vaccine bill in California. Police told her that her home was likely tapped during one break-in. Other tapes are all over the place. Her computer was tampered with another break-in, and despite all this intimidation, she continues to speak out. And she founded a nonprofit council for vaccine safety, which strives to increase public awareness and education on the risk of vaccines while advocating for safer vaccines. So nobody asks a nurse, for the box or the insert when they get a flu shot. Really, why not? I mean, we flip over food and beverage products all the time to check the ingredients to see if we're allergic to stuff. Yet we got millions of Americans getting injected every year with 100 times mercury that they're worried about in fish because they read about the salmon or tuna in some newspaper clip or saw a quick spot on the news about it. You've got to remember, since most of the mercury in the food will be processed by your body with the food, you may only retain 10% of the toxic heavy metal. But when the nurse who doesn't offer you to look at the box or read the insert jabs that needle into your upper arm and rubs it with a little bit of a cotton swab, when that nurse is trying to help you avoid this flu, you're actually getting something much, much more dangerous to your health. And mainstream media will not even talk about it. This is a problem. This, this is the amazing situation that's happening with vaccines. It's enormous, enormous amounts of mercury 
Now there's something else going on that the vaccine industry, big pharma, is is doing that is going to blow your mind. The next time you go to your medicine cabinet to take a bill, some of the largest drug companies in the world might be spying on you. Seriously, what they're planning to do now is to put in a secret computer technology into the meds to make sure you're taking every single dose exactly when you should because you're finding out that a lot of people don't take all their drugs all the time. You know what I mean? So now they're going to take a little chip that's about the size of a grain of sand and they're going to put it into the meds. And this chip will send out a signal that gets relayed to a Bluetooth device, like a phone or a tablet. So your drug-taking schedule will be transmitted along with other health data to your doctor, family members, just about anyone else. So how secure is this information? It's about as secure as an unlocked car with the windows rolled down and the keys in the ignition. This is the way it works, man. People, it's like the vaccine industry is just as bad as as Monsanto. They want to make sure that they're taking your pill. So the first drug that they're going to put this device in is the drug Abilify, which is one of the top-selling drugs in the world. And Abilify is prescribed for depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and autism. So can you imagine the potential stigma attached if people taking this drug now have information about them broadcast to the entire world? So the worst part about this whole scheme is that it doesn't have anything to do with improving your health. It is meant to make the drug companies a fortune by bullying you into taking your meds on a regular basis. Because there was this study that was done by the Mayo Clinic Proceedings four years ago that found that 50% of people do not take their pills that prescribed and that costs the pharmaceutical industry billions because then people don't re-prescribe again. So they want to know, they want you to know that they're going to check on you to make sure that if you have to take a pill three times a day or one time a day or two times a day for 30 days, they're going to make sure that you take that pill so they will have renewals. (laughs) Because after all, if you don't take your pill, then how can you even go to the doctor? How can you even go to the drugstore to refill your prescription? So you get a prescription, okay? And you're supposed to take it every day. You take it for a week and you feel better, so you stop taking it. Well, the vaccine industry now has a problem because 
you're supposed to renew that prescription. But if you don't, they're losing money. Do you understand? I mean, so what's happening? Okay, let's take a walk on the wild side. Well, I got only got about six minutes. So taking a walk on the wild side ain't going to work. So the point is that the standard medical approach in the West is to bombard the body with drugs and poison whenever there's a problem rather than try to prevent illness by fortifying the body through nutrition and healthy living. And this approach, right, has led to the advent of all these deadly interventions like abortion, vaccination, chemotherapy, all of which involve death and destruction rather than life and healing. Why? How did it get this way? What happened to the do-no-harm of the medical profession? That seems to have evolved into an always do harm as the quack doctors routinely pump their patients up with pharmaceuticals, heavy metals, radiation, antibiotics, and other poisons that inhibit the human body from healing itself naturally. So modern medicine, which is nothing more than a hooker for the pharmaceutical industry, has degenerated itself into a culture of death that's cloaked in denial, and millions of people are needlessly suffering as a result. Part of the problem, most of the problem, greed. Convincing governments to purchase vaccines in bulk or signing people up for cancer treatment that costs tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a month means billions of dollars in profit for drug and vaccine manufacturers. But another problem is the flawed mindset that leads many people to believe that poison in their bodies with conventional drugs and surgery is somehow better than rejuvenating their bodies with actual healing nutrients. So for abortion, simply claiming that murdering a baby in the womb promotes uh, 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 a woman's health? I mean, come on, man. Is that enough to accept this procedure of death as somehow promoting life? And the same is true for vaccines, which are loaded with synthetic compounds and neurotoxins that harm and kill kids, but are widely hailed as the greatest public health measure to ever reach humanity. Oh, but that's next to uh, artificial water fluoridation, which is also poisonous and has neurotoxic effects. And then the chemotherapy, one of the accepted treatments for cancer that have duped millions into believing that injecting mustard gas derivatives into their bodies are going to cure their cancer, when in reality those poisons damage healthy cells and have been shown to cause more cancer. So the DNA damaging effect is a killer. Come on, cancer may not be a strict random mutation process, 
but it might be a survival problem. The cancer cell could be drawing from a far more ancient evolutionary and genetic toolkit, which enables it to survive. Cancer is the body's last cry for help me, help me, help me. There's nothing more you can do about it. That's it. The body is crying for help. What do you do? You go to your doctor. You have cancer. He says you have cancer. And you say, okay, doctor, I'll figure it out. And you walk out of that office. He's going to call the cops. He's going to call the cops. And uh, they're going to force you to take chemotherapy and do all that crap. You really want that? That's what it's coming to. Why is the body crying? Because you're polluting it. You're polluting the body. And now you've got cancer. So you go for chemotherapy. How do you avoid cancer? Eat the stuff that you're supposed to eat. I always say you've got to put on lead and fuel in the gas tank. I talk about the, the digestive tracts of the carnivorous animals and the vegetarian animals. The carnivorous animals have a straight line. The carnivorous animals, I mean the, the herbicide animal, herbivorous animals, the vegetarians, they have a convoluted switchback road. So with the carnivores, you eat flesh, both the passes right out of the body. With the vegetarians, you eat flesh, it gets caught in the switchbacks. What does that do? It causes cancer. What else does it do? It causes restricted blood flow. It clogs the arteries. People wonder why they get a stroke. I play ball with seniors. I am the only vegetarian that plays with these guys. And we've got, let's see, 50, 60 guys, 14, 60 guys that play ball. I'm the only one that's a vegan. I am. No one else. So what do you do? I watch these guys. They're all overweight. Guys go in for operations for cancer. They go in for operations for diabetes. They go in for arthritis. They go for this. It's, they, don't, they don't get it. You've got to put the stuff into the switchback road that's going to pass easily. When you eat plant-based foods, when you eat fruit, when you eat grain, even nuts and seeds, you can chew those little suckers up until they mix with the saliva and you swallow it. So basically, you're putting a solution into your switchback road. That'll pass very easily. You try to put a rubber tire through that, that switchback road, and you're going to do nothing but clog it up. You get diverticulitis, you get poison in your digestive tract, you get poison in your bloodstream and goes to all the cells in the body, and people get Lyme disease. Why do they get Lyme disease? Because their cells get real hard, and the little spirochips, they screw in there and they create this problem. If you would take an organic sulfur crystal, that would make the cells soft so those little screwy guys couldn't screw in because it's soft cell. This is, you need to take responsibility for you. Get away from what you've been brainwashed to do. Get away from conditioning. Find that door that you've never gone through. Open it up. 
and walk down it, and you will never, ever, ever, ever be sorry. Well, I don't have much time, and uh, I just try to point out the corruption in life to you that you should know about. And uh, please take responsibility for your health and do something about it. And we'll let George Harrison do his thing, and I'll catch you all next week. Aloha. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
How can every fader go bad, huh? Anyway, welcome to the Frank Report. This is, uh, I'm your host, Francis Stephan. It's September 22nd, 2015. It's Tuesday, and it's about nine minutes afternoon, nine and a half minutes afternoon. Anywho, so there we have it. And, uh... You want to call in 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980, and you can go to uh, the website, uh, which is located at uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link. And uh, once you uh, find that, click on it, follow the easy-to-follow instructions, and you can get in the chat room and chat with the other chatters. You can ask questions, you can make comments, all that. Oh, yes, and you can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. The screen name is AVRN Talk, and that's how you do that. Well, it's Tuesday, as I mentioned, and that means we got Al from Colorado. The world traveler has settled down a little bit. <laughs> Not world traveler, and he's, US traveler. And he's available again. Yeah. Welcome, yeah. Al, to the lightning round. Yes, and your favorite prostitute, Hitler, is sick, according to Drudge. Isn't that wonderful? Well, knowledge? you know what, Al? It's funny you mentioned that. Because I've got that right here in front of me. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking right at that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The Problem with Hillary by Edward Klein before its official publication, uh, September 28th. The allegations inside are sure to rock the Clinton uh, campaign. According to Klein, Clinton is secretly facing mounting health uh God, you know this site here? I they they are just pushing this Muppet crap. Uh, anyway, what site are we talking about? You talking about Sludge is pushing Muppets now? No, no, the site where this this article is actually at. Oh, and, and, oh no! Oh, as you're okay. trying to read the article, they keep flashing this huge movie about the Muppets on there. Like, oh. you know, like anybody really is... Oh, hey, it's on tonight, Al. It's on tonight. The Muppets, the new series, ABC. Wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Al, Al, Radar, Al, the Muppets. Radar. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm just going to just be uh, excited as, as what's-his-name. Well, we already anyway, knew that Hitler, he had a whole bunch of medical among problems. Her issues, not news, Frank. Among her issues are blinding headaches that have frequently plagued her, he claimed. Uh, and... Did you know this? She's had a series of strokes. Oh, and maybe su- and maybe suffering from MS. Oh, really? For the first time I've known her, she's showing self-doubt about her strength and vitality. Friends told Klein. Well, you know, yeah, I suppose if you got all those uh, bouts of insomnia. Have yeah, bouts worked. of lying. How about bouts of lying, <laughs> yeah, man, Frank? Hey, you you think, think maybe it's her conscience coming back to bite her in the behind and say, yeah, Hillary, I'm going to drive you crazy, you know, because you've been a liar and a thief and a murderer for 40-something years now. 
Yeah, not to mention you should have been in jail back in 1972 with Watergate. You should have been in jail, Hitlery. Well, yeah, and she would have done, you know, she'd be sleeping a lot better in prison, I think. Yeah. I think well, she should be put in prison just for her own health issues, don't you? Yeah, well, maybe and her and her Muslim girlfriend who's her aide needs to go in there with her too. A friend continued that she's exhausted and depressed a lot of the time. Oh man, I'm shedding uh, a tear here, man. Oh yes, I know. Everybody at AVR is just crying well, big crocodile You know what they? Tears. Hey, you know it is. You know, people can say what they want, but this is well known that homosexuals are miserable people that are depressed most of the time. Oh, isn't that interesting? Well, you know why, Al? Because it's BS. You know they're 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 trying to do something that is well, not. Well, they're not born that way, though, Frank. I want to no, keep hearing not. this thing born that way. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm not buying that one. Sorry. No, well, no, it, it isn't because you know that's the whole thing. I mean, you can't. They want to have it both ways. We're born that way, but it's just a lifestyle cha uh, choice. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, in fact. Way? A friend claimed Clinton even turned to sleeping pills like Ooh. Ambien and Lanesta. Oh, let it, her take ten, ten bottles full, maybe. But, She'll really sleep hey, good. get this, in her de desperation. But they offered no relief. Oh. Yeah, they said they made her sharp, less sharp the next day. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you know, that's pretty bad yeah. because she ain't all that sharp to begin with. Well, maybe she'll join her buddy Scott Walker, and, uh, you know, he's gone bye-bye, too, yesterday. I don't know if you saw that or not, old Mr. Walker. Yeah, yeah, he dropped out. He's not yeah, enough well, money. she should join him and the rest of them and, uh, you know, and uh, let them all leave except the Donald. Well, the thing is, you know, the only reason these people ever drop out is they run out of money. Well, he has run out of money. I know, that's said. why he dropped out. So Hillary won't ever drop out because, I mean, Hollywood. Well, she's got will, way too much money behind her. Well, anyway, Hollywood so. will just keep piling her money. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, Yeah, well, Al, that's how stupid they are, Frank. Look, Al, you know what? All last week, okay, all last week, I kept, and, and I got to say, I went looking for them after I first found the first to couple. But yeah. I went looking, and I, I, I must have had 20, 25 articles or, and videos, YouTubes and articles yeah. that I looked and saw because I, I read this article that, hey, Bernie Sanders is running around and he's filling up, all, you know, everywhere he goes, man. People are coming in there. They're piling yeah, and in. They and they don't turn out for Hillary like uh, they do for Bernie, do and they? They don't turn out for her. Hillary's not even filling half the room at univer at liberal universities. Okay. Not even filling half the room. No, and they, and they got videos and they got pictures and the whole night. You know, it's not just somebody saying. They, well, they're, they're you know, her. she just doesn't realize that her days are over. She's just going to go down with the last fight, I guess. She's going to go down fighting Hitler. You know, it's and these these things are free, okay, folks? Yeah. When you can't get somebody to show up for something free, man, yeah, you got a yeah. problem. But then, Al, yes. then, yes. Tomorrow, yesterday, okay, yesterday, Monday, new week. Yes. Guess what I read on Drudge? What? On Sludge. What did you read on Sludge? CNN poll says Hillary surging in polls against Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, I saw something <laughs> like that, and I about fell off the chair. I, I had to catch my breath. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, these guys, yeah. I, I mean, can they be any more obvious? You see, uh, Hillary's I not wasting know. her money. Somebody, Somebody's uh, wasting their money on Hitlery because it looks like she isn't even going to think, can't even come close to getting the nomination. Well, what it seems right? like it's happening is, 
Hillary Clinton's taking all her money, and instead of spending it on, you know, people on the ground, you know, in, in these, yeah. it's kind of like, okay, I was with the circus, okay? I worked for the circus for a season. Okay. And what the circus does, everybody knows they go from town to town to town to town, right? And yeah. what they do is they send ahead a city or two. Advanced people. They're called advanced Right. People. And they put up posters. They get people excited. You know, they're usually got clown suits and they, you know, they yeah, run through the yeah. town. and Circus they get, is coming to town. That's right. Well, you see, campaigns do the same thing. Okay. They do exactly yeah. the same thing. They got advanced people that go and excite the places yeah. where you're going to be. Get everybody wound up, yeah, or try to wind them up. Apparently, anyway. Hillary is not spending any money on that. She is just going for, hey, let's just pay off CNN. Let's get them to do a poll for us. Let's yeah. just pay off the big people because she's already made it clear. Well, you know what? She still got scared because what's her name? Uh, Devery, Debbie, what's her name? Berger or Debbie Schwasserman oh, or whatever Wasserman, her name is yeah. doesn't, want, doesn't want Hitlery to go into the debates. What's Hitlery scared of? That she's going to uh, show her undies? Maybe fate. Maybe she'll have an, ish, an incident. You know? Oh, maybe she'll have a, a heart attack or something, and that'll be the end of her. Who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll get lucky. The thing she'll is, Hillary's already made it clear that, you know what, her main thing is not really the people, not the popular vote, because, you know, the popular vote, and Hillary knows the oh, popular vote doesn't matter. Oh, it because she wants her delegates is what she's looking for. And she she's looking for the super delegates. The souped-up delegates, yep. yes. And she's got yep. a bunch of them already settled. If she's got to mm -hmm. drop dead or something. For them to vote for somebody else, although, mm -hmm. you know, Biden. I'm, well, I, Biden doesn't know what he wants to do. I, now I he's just Thanksgiving, that. Turkey Day, and who yeah. knows what he's going to do, Biden. Oh, he's so. going to do it because, you know what, look, there's already a thing here that. Uh, I'll you tell know. you what it's going to be, Frank. It'll be uh, uh, Delaware Joe or Maryland Joe against Bernie against Hitler. That's what it's going to be when it comes down to the voting, I guess. I'm the, well, look, the key Hollywood donor backs Joe, says others could fall. Top unions put the brakes on Clinton endorsement. They're all falling away from Hillary, and they're going to go for well, Biden. Well, I don't think Hillary, she might not even be there a year from now, Frank. This well, is what? This is uh, September? The uh, What's-his-name's, I guess, the, uh, the, the, the conventions are in what? Late August, early September? Uh, I don't know. We're roughly a year know. away from the conventions, Frank. I'll tell you what, though. If, if anybody votes for Joe Biden, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, uh, I, have things really gotten that bad that Joe Biden looks like a good choice? Oh, brother. I mean, really, honestly, this will be his third maybe. time, you know. Oh, th yeah, this is number three for him. Well, they, what do they say, Frank? The third time's the charm. You ever hear that expression? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. But, you know, then again, the Republicans are no, uh, you know, walk yeah. in the park either. Well, Frank, we, uh, we, we, need to move, we need to move along here because you're, your namesake, Pope Francis, who needs to change his name, right? Because you don't want Pope yeah. to be Francis either. No, you don't want him to. He stole your name, Frank, is what he did. <laughs> yeah, he actually did. He was Jose really Bergoglio his... or something. I should yeah, call him Pope Joe not, or something that's like that. not really his name. That's right. His name's not Francis. Yeah, what's he, what's he stealing Frank Stephan's name for, Pope yeah. Francis? Yeah, he's here now. He's going to be talking to Barry today, I think. Oh, yay. And they can decide how man's ruining the planet, and we need to save oh, wait a minute. by what's killing he everybody. To, what, what is he supposed to sign at the United Nations tomorrow or Friday? He's going to sign something. He's going to talk to the U.N. He's going to talk to the House of Prostitutes. All these people. He's supposed to sign something? I don't know. I don't care the what Pope? he signs, Frank. 
The poop, yeah, the poop. Who cares what he signs? He's a religious leader. I'm not part of his religion. I don't care what he signs. Well, I'm not either. There's a lot of AVR listeners who may or may not be Catholic out there. So what else is new? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of Catholics are having a lot of problems with this pope. All my Catholic I mean, friends, even his, even the Vatican, even the cardinals at the Vatican are having problem with this pope. All of my friends who used to be in the Catholic Church, Frank, they said goodbye years ago. All of them used to be Catholics. Yeah, well, a lot of people... Had, what does you know, that tell you, Frank? Well, a lot of folks left over Vatican II, and this guy is just making it worse. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, what do well, you do? Well, if they think him signing something is going to put you and me and AVR listeners under his thumb or under his control, they've got, they're smoking something real bad, evidently. Well, you know, the thing is, though, people can say that, and legally they're right, but, you know, these these globalists are are doing it. Okay, they don't care. They're doing it, and it's really, well, let really them do it, honestly. Right? We just don't. We just don't obey it. Just like the thing with our, you know, on April Fool's Day, nobody sends in their confession form. Frank, nobody, no, nobody. I'm, I'm telling it. you, it's going to come down to it's going to come down to a real fight. I mean, a, uh, Frank, a, a real gunfight. This thing that he is supposed to sign, if I understand, it's either Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030. Yeah, One of those two. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, old Pope Francis can sign all the documents he wants because we're going to go tell him to uh, urinate up well, a rope, aren't and, we? And do you know why he's signing anything at the U.N.? Because the Vatican is considered a nation by the United yes. Nations. He's mm-hmm. considered like the United States or Italy, even though he's inside Italy. Yeah. Uh, somehow he's considered, uh, you know, they're the, well. You know, the, the city of feet. London, not London proper, but the city of London, where all the, uh, you know, where all the toilet paper over in England is. Mm. You know, the city of London, which is that square mile where all right. the banksters are, they're considered a nation too, Frank. Well, not at the UN. Not at the UN, but they're considered one of the three power boys: them, the Vatican, and uh, the District of Criminals. Well, sure. I mean, that, yeah, in the in the picture of hey, we're running, we're actually the money people. Yeah, we're running, running the, the money. Yeah. We're running the money machine, Frank. Well, yeah, and they are. Well, they are. Yeah, that's true. But you know, and the, the Vatican... gooder news, Frank. Yeah, the gooder, the gooder, the better news today <laughs> is the uh, gambling boys are down nearly three hundred points this afternoon. Oh, again. Let him, okay. Hey, Frank, they'll do I hear four? Tomorrow. Do I hear five, huh? Hey, they'll be up 400 tomorrow. Well, you know what, Frank? Don't if worry. anybody hasn't figured out that it's a fixed ball game, then they haven't been paying hey, attention. Hey, they don't even have to figure it out. All I have to do is go read. Okay? Yeah. I mean, look, it's all Oh, gee whiz, they lost the 2,000 points last week, and now they're up 6,000 this week. Gee whiz, Frank, what a recovery, there huh? There was an article in the Wall Street Journal. What about the Wall Street Journal? That... Wall Street is rigged. I mean, uh, duh. you think, you know, as you like to say, Frank, you think? Yeah, well, you, this is the thing. You don't even have to figure anything out anymore. All you have to do is be able to read. Okay, yeah. that's all. You don't even have to think. Just read it, and you'll understand it's rigged. Look at the... Look at the fluctuations in the daily prices of the yellow and the gray stuff. Tell me that that isn't rigged, too, Frank. Well, it's all rigged. The whole system is rigged. It's a big money pump, Al, because, look, yeah. here's, here it goes. If I got a billion dollars, okay, I've got enough. That's enough to influence the market. So I go into the market. It doesn't matter what market, okay? Just you mean you any, buy or sell stuff? Any market. So I take my billion dollars and I start buying. 
Well, what does that mm-hmm. do? It starts making the price go up because now there's right. a demand, and, oh, boy, the price goes up, right? So I right. do that to get everybody excited, and then I stop buying. And I let everybody else carry the market higher than the last price I And then paid. you sell at the and right I time. And I start right? selling, Al. And I do that a few times a day. Uh-huh. And when you're doing a billion dollars, I don't have to make but a few cents every time I do that to make yeah, lots, up of, lots of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now, look at what the market's doing now. They're going up and down hundreds of points. Do you realize how much money that is? When oh, you're, you know, when you're unbelievable. Pump- you haven't got enough room on the farm there by you, Frank, to store I it know. I mean, it's just, but it is a money pump. That's what the up and down it's, is. It's, it's a just pump. Like it's a called pump. pump and dump, Frank. The P&D boys, pump and dump. Yep. And, and, pump it up and then you know, dump it down. This is what's happening, but the bad thing about it is, they're pumping it away from the people and into them. It is a money transfer. Well, you a know what our friend George Carlin said. Frank, our friend George Carlin said, Frank, it's a, it's the rich boys, the big boys, uh, uh, play, and you're not in a club, and you're not in it, Frank. That's right. That's right. And and none of us are in it. None of us are in the big boys club. It's it's the capitalists' way of using redistribution of wealth. Now, the communists like to say, well, we're going to tax you, and that's going to all go to the rich, and that's their way of redistributing the wealth to the, uh, to the wealthy. The, mm-hmm. the capitalists, the so-called capitalists, their way is to get you to play in these games, invest your money. You don't, you don't have much yeah. of a choice because, hey, you, whether you like it or not, if you work for a company, they put your money in a 401k. You don't have much control over that. They got it in there, and they're playing the markets, and they're losing their behinds. Yes. Now, well, it's just like the boys with the bailouts. They went to the casino. Remember I said a few months ago, they went to the casino, they rolled snake eyes, and everybody else at the table had to pay, didn't they? That's right. And this is how you see these funds, okay? Look, Donald Trump could go to the market and do take his own money. Oh, he money. could ruin the market from what yeah. you're telling me. He could take his own billion. money. He could take his own money, and he could do this, right? But right. these funds... They take uh, Joe Schmo's money, you know, these guys that, that are all retired. You're talking about the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, not the pension venture capital. Funds. The pension funds, yeah, talking the about other pension ones. funds or, or venture capital companies. They're all the same. Or they take they everybody's yeah. money, and they pull it together, and they use it as one fund. That yeah. way, this is, see, this is, okay, you wonder why. I mean, look at America, okay? Okay, listen now. You've got all yeah. these retirement funds, right? Yeah, all that money. We have zero interest. Okay, we, we've had zero interest for what now, eight years? Yeah, you see what Mrs. Yellen did last week? She didn't do nothing, right. did she? was supposed so, to So, Al, let me ask you something. How are these funds producing if there's zero huh? interest? they, they got to be in the market. Well, guess what, Frank? If they're not having to pay anything out, they must be working like gangbusters then, huh? But they are paying out. They got retirees. They got to pay. So how do they stay afloat? They got to be in the market. They can't just be sitting there, well, we'll just save our money and and get the interest payments. Uh, I'm sorry. Zero interest isn't going to pay for much. No, no. They got to do something. They're in the market, Al. That's where they are. And they're mm-hmm. the ones pumping the money out because it's the only way they can survive. Because if they weren't pumping the money the, like they are... They wouldn't be able to pay the people. Nope, the pension owe. funds would collapse. 
And they're getting there, Frank. Well, they're, they're, hey. get, they're getting there, Frank. Now, everybody, surely. everybody's going, well, you know, hey, uh, well, yeah, the market can't really drop that far because the plunge protection team will come in and they'll they'll shut it off. Because if it no, goes, they'll what is pump it? it. They'll just uh, no. Mrs. Nah. Yellen will crank the money machine. He up ain't got no yet. more money, man. They they pumped all they can pump. Oh really? Why, no, that's last, interesting, Frank. Al, last month, how many times did they actually stop trading on the market? Like five times? Wow. I mean, I they just said that. I know it. they stopped a couple times. Yeah, they that's stopped. it, man. That's it. Stop. We're not trading anymore for a while. Oh, no, they said they had a, remember, they said they had that outage. Something happened oh, sure, with the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah the computer. Sure. The computer went boo-boo on uh, them. Yeah, sure yeah, I remember that one. Thing yeah. is, Al, what's going to end up happening is the markets, eventually people are going to get wise, and, and the whole thing's going to fall apart, and it's going to start dropping, and they're going like to shut said, it down. Like I said, anybody who doesn't get out now is going to lose it all, Frank, if they yep. don't get out They're going to shut it down, and they're going to say, okay, stop, and then they'll open it up, and they'll drop some more, and they'll shut it down again, and they'll keep doing that game for a while until they say, well, we're having a holiday. You know what I really want to see? I want to see your bank in Medford there say, hey, guess what, Frank? You got your $200 in here, but I'm sorry, Frank. We needed your $200 because we're insolvent. Now Frank gets all his buddies, and they burn the bank down. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing you know is, what, though, Frank, Al, what, look, wait, wait, wait a minute. I want to sh- – wanna... the bigger picture here. Yeah. So the stock market starts losing, and they shut it down. And everybody yeah. figures, okay, well, you know, good. Whew, boy. You know, I didn't lose everything in my stocks because they stopped. Yeah, trading. but I can't get my money out no, either. No, I can't though, get can my I? money out. But everybody's going to figure. Well, they'll they'll start it up. Yeah, again. it'll come yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that that's fine, and maybe it will. Meanwhile, while the stock yeah. market shut down, these pension funds aren't making any money. That's and they, right. And they're they, not paying out. And they are bleeding out. Because Ooh. those retirees are still going to want their money. They're still going to want Absolutely. their medical. They're still going to want yeah, all that. All their goodies. Yeah. Well, they're yep. bleeding out. Okay, if yeah. the market's not running, <laughs> they got no money coming in. They got Uh-oh. lots of money going out. Nobody's going to be unhappy. Well, if it lasts, say, well, I don't know, I'd give it three weeks. Those pension oh, funds goodbye. will be it's insolvent. Over, the pension oh, yeah. funds will all be insolvent. What happens then, Al? Uh-oh. See, then the... Then, then it gets fun, Frank. But, <laughs> you know. but guess what, Frank? We're a little over. It's uh, break time, kids. What have you done? Why didn't you uh, keep an eye on that? Oh, my God. I am anyway. keeping an eye on it. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a bit.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LND, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still September 22nd, 2015. It's Tuesday, about 1242. And 800-932-1980. Call in. You can go to the chat room, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link. Or you can... uh, Instant message me directly on Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN. Talk is the screen name. We got Al from Colorado here. We're in the middle of the lightning round. Welcome back, Al. Yes, what do you think of our friends at Volkswagen with their little scandal? I don't know about it. Oh, well, Volkswagen has been found out. 11 million of their diesel cars uh, do not meet U.S. EPA admission requirements, and evidently they've been fudging their numbers, so now they're going to get an $18 billion fine from Uncle Slam. Darn. You know, I thought they were a pretty good company, folks, budding, you know? They make yeah, pretty reliable EP, The EPA crap is just garbage. I mean, you know, who... You know, would... my attitude is, what's his name? These plants, all this stuff, and, you know, Barry alone puts out more garbage, just talking Barry, than uh, Volkswagen does. Well, look at one of these, uh, okay, you know who's exempt from all that? Guess who? The military, all right? The military? Really? Yeah, they use the dirtiest diesel fuel and the cheapest diesel fuel they can get, and they run it in all their tanks. They Okay, their jet fuel, which is oh, just kerosene, the planes, yeah. which is just kerosene, man, okay? Yeah. It's just a, a little more highly refined diesel fuel. Mm-hmm. They use the junk that, too. This is why anytime you go to a military base and you see their jets taking off, you see this black trail of smoke behind them, yeah. That's because of the dirty crap they're burning. You go oh, to a regular words, commercial. They're not, using, they're not using the best refined. No, you go to the go to you go to the commercial airport, you don't see that out of those jets. Uh-huh. You go see any tank in the US military, and when they get going, bam, black smoke. You go out onto the road, you don't see or or go to a construction site. You don't see the uh big bulldozers doing that, do you? No, well, you see the construction bulldozers. I see construction bulldozers belching black. Yeah, smoke. when they when they when they pound it, when they say okay, and then it will, but not uh, all the time. It's not a big black trail of smoke everywhere they go. That's how okay. it is with a tank when they're rolling at about thirty-five miles an hour. Well, wait a minute, aren't those Abrams? Don't those use a different type of? They're not diesel engine, though. Yeah, they, they are. They're they're turbine, but they still run turb- on kerosene. Okay, well then they're using kerosene then, yeah. like the jet fuel. Then. Well, like a helicopter, like a like the jets. They're, they're well, all the amount of money Uncle crap. Sam wastes. He should be buying the best refined kerosene that he can buy for crying out loud. What I'm saying, my point is, the U.S. military belches more pollution into the air than every Volkswagen on the planet does. Okay? Well, you know what? I don't care. Volkswagen has a problem. That's their problem. They're not an American company. And Sammy will Sammy will fine you for eating a ham sandwich. Remember, what is it, indicting a ham sandwich? Yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, it's just the same as, uh, you know, Wall Street. Oh, Wow, they were fined $56 billion. Oh, boy, Al. And, gee, their crimes only made them $3 trillion. Ooh, oh, hey, that's a pretty good is. investment, Al. Yeah. That's the cost of doing business. Oh, we're going to find those suckers. $400 million? No, what did they make? They made $600 billion, but we're only going <laughs> to yeah. find them $400 million or something. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the cost of doing business. 
You know, well, you got to hey, you got to pay your protection money to Guido every once in a while. That's yeah, the way well, it goes Guido's in the big city. Guido's name is Uncle Sam now. It's That's Guido, the way it is in the big city. You know, that's oh. how you know. This is how it works, man. Uh, now here's something yeah. that uh, it's kind of uh, I mean, I've known about it for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard a little bit about it. But now here it is. It's in the news, and it's uh, Obama. On Tuesday, September 15th, 2015, week ago today, President Obama signed an executive order that constitutes the most frightening political move since Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the Supreme Court. Outside the sphere of government, Mr. Obama and his progressive machine have authorized the government to conduct behavioral science experiments on the American people for purely political purposes. Mm. Yeah, President Obama announced a new executive order on Tuesday which authorizes federal agencies to conduct behavioral experiments on U.S. citizens in order to advance government initiatives. A growing number, a body of evidence demonstrates that behavioral science insights, research findings from fields such as behavioral economics, psychology, and how people make decisions and act on them, can be used to design government policies to better serve the American people, reads the executive order. The initiative draws on research from, guess where? The University of Chicago. Economist, yeah. Richard Taylor and Harvard Law School professor Cass Sunston who also dubbed Obama's regulatory czar. He's also dubbed Obama's regulatory czar. Yeah, he can regulate his rear end out of the country. Now get this. The two behavioral science argued in their 2008 book, Nudge, that government policies can be designed in a way that nudges citizens towards certain behaviors and choices. As brazen and jaw-dropping as that sounds, this is simply this is simply an overt continuation of what was developed at the Analyst Institute in the run-up to the 2012 election, an organization quietly formed in 2007 by AFL-CIO officials and progressive allies which sought to establish a set of best practices for interacting with voters. This goes on, but the bottom line is they are manipulating you. I mean, they are deliberately now, by executive order, allowed to manipulate you into agreeing with government policies. How do they do that, Frank? If you and I say BS, if we say, they tell us something and we just say, oh, a bunch of hooey. Well, yeah. And that is your defense. Well, that's for the people who can't think outside the box, though, Frank. Well, yeah, and that's most of the people, Al. Well, if the sheeple are that conditioned, you're left by the standing in the dust, pal. You know, we are I left. What... We're left standing in a dust cloud as the herd runs towards this kind of thing, man. Well, here's the problem, Frank. There's the thing called perception versus reality, and unfortunately, perception always trumps reality, does it not? Seems to. 
Sure seems to. So if Joe Lunchbucket isn't smart enough to look at some garbage coming over the idiot box and say, hey, wait a minute. Oh, well, what they, that doesn't sound, hey, maybe he's not smart enough to say, oh, that doesn't seem right. Because he's been conditioned by the public fool system to believe everything he's, that comes over the idiot box. Well, yeah, well, it's just exactly the same thing as, look, Hillary's halfway filling up tiny rooms at liberal colleges. Bernie Sanders is filling up large auditoriums. And CNN tells everybody Hillary is surging in the polls against yeah, Bernie she's beating, Sanders. she's beating Bernie, yeah. And so I what, do you think, off the chair. what do you think people believe? They believe well, they're going to They're going to yeah. believe the last thing that's told to them. Oh, Hillary's back in the race again. She's beating the snot out of uh, Bernie now yeah. again. And that's not... Imagine our surprise. It doesn't matter if it's not true. That's right, because the, they're just going to believe what they're told. They, and, they can't. They don't have critical thinking. And if the herd believes it's true and Hillary's a winner, the herd will vote for Hillary because nobody in the herd wants to vote for a loser, Al, because that oh, would make no, them no, a loser. No, well, it's just like the public fool system with the kids, Frank. You better, Frank. You better go along with the group, Frank. Well, sure, Al. And you know, hey, if the Denver's, if the Denver Broncos don't win, you're a loser, Al. You know that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I don't lost anything, Frank. I don't have any interest with anyone else, Frank. I don't, don't care. <laughs> don't you spend a week being depressed because you're such a loser? Not I mean, me, you know, Frank. Oh yeah, Frank, oh I, got, I got smart about 10, 11, 15, it's roughly 15 years ago, and I said, guess what? You want to build that stadium? Build it out of your own pocket, Mr. Bowling Ball, not out of mine. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot more money than I do. You build That's your own right. stadium. You're a billionaire, so, you hey, know. Hey, now, I here's something, can... though. Yeah, and you got to wonder what what's uh, you know we had a show on right before this one health talk and you know it's a guy named hesh goldstein and he was talking and he he talks a lot about it uh gmos okay mm-hmm. and you know he was making the point which a lot of people know that you know our government is basically bought off and they just are the, the highest bidder and they don't really care about anybody's health but you know, and, and and people a lot of the times I every time I say anything about Putin, they are so programmed to believe ah well, he's just to this and he's just to that. Russians say that. Putin's not our friend, Frank. Let's put it that way. Neither are the Chinese. Well, they might not be our friend, but he seems to like his people a lot better than our government likes us, because hmm. uh, a senior Russian government member told reporters that the cabinet has decided that any food production in the country will completely exclude any genetically modified organisms or parts thereof. We're the only country, only dumbbell country in the world that allows it. Everybody else has kicked Monsatan out. Quote, as far as genetically modified organisms are concerned, we have made decision not to use any GMO in food productions. Deputy PM Arkady Durkovich said at an international conference on biotechnology in the Russian city of Kurvol. Good for him. <laughs> You know, I, well, I mean, they're the smart ones, Frank. You got Joe Dumbbell is dumbed down, and he'll just believe what he's told. And, and honestly, and, and honestly, you know, yeah. I don't know if China's our friend or Russia's our friend. I assume probably not. Hey, if they're dealing with the federal government, I would assume they're not our friend because you know what? I'm not friends with the federal they're government. They're all in for bed together, Frank. Why don't you just 
Uh, lay it on the line. All the governments are in bed together. They're not there for you and me. They're there for themselves. Well, I don't know, Al. You know, I don't know, Al. I mean, because, like, okay, if that's true, we can understand the United States government backing Monsanto and feeding us crap because they just want to make a lot of money and kill a lot of people. Okay, that's your right. statement makes sense then. It, it works. But yeah. what about Russia when they say, no, no more GMOs for our people? Well, they're smart. They're smart enough to know that it's garbage. And they but don't why want would they care, Al? Why not just make the money, cash the check, get along? Because Come on. they're not into they're not as they're not into the money as much as Sammy is. So all governments are not the same, apparently. Okay. No. Because no, they're not all the same. Some governments out there, while they may not be our friends, and why should they be? Would you be, hey, if you were... Hey, Frank, you're hey. sending your people over here to murder our people and shoot them down in drones and bombs and this and that, and we didn't even attack you. When was the last <laughs> time you saw Viet- North Vietnam attack this country, yeah, huh, Frank, well, you think? Yeah, or North yeah. Korea. You know, or whatever, uh, yeah. Or Syria, or Libya, or, well, you know, or any of those people. On on. But I mean, Afghanistan. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, oh boy, yeah, they're a big threat. But, you know, the thing is, Al, I mean, really, what if you were a foreign country? Would you be friends with the United States government? Not when you're killing my people, I ain't your friend. No. And, and the so, Pakistanis wait. absolutely hate us, and there's no and there's no doubt why. Yeah, and they're the supposed Pakistanis to, hate us. And they're supposed to be our allies. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> you know, even our allies hate us. Yeah, this is a problem, <laughs> you see. And But you see, the Russians, and, and not just the Russians, there are other countries. They're just the latest on the bandwagon, but... You know, there are governments out there saying, okay, look, you're not feeding our people this crap. Whether whether they're corrupt in other ways or brutal in other ways. Well, they're least, smart enough to know they don't want to die from that garbage, Frank. Come yeah, on, you at, know that. Yeah, at least they're saying, well, you're not feeding us that crap. What I don't understand, Frank, it's not the same thing, but why aren't the Germans taking Mrs. Merkel out and hanging her from the highest oh, yard on letting all the uh, immigrants in there? Well, they may. You, think the German, you think the Germans really want all those people in there? I don't think no. they want them in there, no, they're Frank. Not. Huh? No, they're not. They're rioting and they're burning things down and they're pissed off. And, and Germany, you know, the, the thing is, look, what's happening is these, uh, these parties, what they call right-wing parties, right, are yeah. forming and, and they're forming around the thing is, look, the immigrants got to go. And Merkel, yeah. of course, is painting them as all oh, racist and this and that and the other thing. And yeah. and you know what their their answer is going to be because they're already starting to do this in Germany. What they do is they just make your party illegal. Your party's illegal. Your point oh, of view is illegal. Because you're anti-immigrant, you're illegal now. Is you're anti-whatever we want to do. You're illegal now. Well, you know what's going to happen eventually. The people are going to get the pitchforks, and Mrs. Yeah, well, Merkel that is be, what uh, that Mrs. Merkel will be a, a, a drawn and quartered at the post. Yeah, or whatever, she'll get to have her own uh, little diesel therapy. She'll have her own little uh, no. She'll have her own little necktie party. I think is what they'll do. Well, because and, people are getting fed up with this. The Hungarians are fed up with it. What do they say? Hundreds of thousands of Syrians are go are, are, pour, are pouring into Hungary. Were Hundreds? were pouring because Hungary. Oh, were. Yeah, Hungary put their military on their border. Well, they finally said enough of this crap, in other words. Yeah, they did. They they said, that's it. You know, uh, we're putting our military on the government. And, of course, you know, countries like Germany and all that, they're all upset. And they're like, oh, you got to take, you take your share of the... Uh, you take know, your you share know. of what? Freeloaders, yeah. And who's going to pay for it, kids, huh? Yeah, I well, think, huh? well, this is one thing. Now, look, there's a lot more to what Germany's doing 
And all we got to do is look at Greece. See, Greece is out of the picture right now a little bit, but the fact well, we is... we haven't really heard too much about them. Well, what like happened it. with Greece is Greece was destroyed by Germany on purpose because Germany made hundreds of billions of dollars off of it, and that's what Merkel wants to do with all the other European poor countries. She wants to completely destroy them, make a pile of money, and then put them under Germany's thumb. This is like Germany of, of, of Hitler's age, except instead of rolling in with tanks she's rolling in with bankers and, uh -huh. and and bankrupting these places and then saying oh hi we're from the imf and we're here to help except you got to give us your whole country there's another bank that needs to be burned to the ground the imf the world bank well the, the world bank foreign relations actually the, the imf the, the imf all of them actually the imf is separate from the world bank the world bank yeah, is the yeah they are UN separate bank. but what i'm saying the bankers are all under the same basic huge umbrella though regardless well they all operate in a fiat currency system a debt based basically, monetary basically the imf system. the imf is basically the the central bank of the central banks it's the it's right. the big bank at the top of the pyramid is it's what it's the they king are. federal reserve bank and yes, uh, and, yes, uh, and the yes, world and everybody bank everybody else takes their marching orders. And the World them. Bank is who finances United Nations pro, uh, projects. Yeah, there's, an, there's another set of buildings that should have gone <laughs> yeah, down well, on 9-11. Those yeah. two buildings are the ones that should have gone down, not the towers. Well, you know, maybe they'll just fall down on their own after a while. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but Frank. But the sheep, the sheep are going along. We got a new season of Dancing with the Idiots, or Frank, oh boy. that started the Yay, yay, and hey, the world, the, hey, the World Series is coming up too, Al. Oh, I forgot about the World Series of, <laughs> of yeah, that garbage too, yeah, that that distraction. Yeah, well, and the NFL just started, yay. Huh? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, the National Fraud League, yeah. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, Al. We are. We got to go, so we'll I'll see, see you next week, Frank. Yep, see you again next Tuesday, folks. Thank you for listening. I'll be back again this evening. Coming up next is Financial Survival. Stay tuned, and as always, thanks for listening. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. 
Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host Alfred Adisk to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, September 22nd, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Uh, it's been an active but quiet kind of a day, if that makes any sense. Kind of the yin and the yang here, <laughs> and the precious metals business, and. Uh, but uh, you have gold today, a little bit of pressure on gold with pressure on the Dow, although I see that the Dow came back somewhat from the big lows of the day. You have gold down 820, currently on the New York spot price, 820 to the downside at 1126.20. Silver down 40 cents, also made a comeback on the day, 1491. You have platinum down 34 bucks. White metals got hammered today for the industrial metals. Uh, three and a half percent for platinum just whacked. Uh, Nine forty-one, nine hundred and forty-one, with palladium down seven at six hundred and thirteen, um, down one point one four percent. And I expect the dollar to be a little bit stronger. Yes, it is point three six at ninety-six twenty-six. Crude oil got hit a little bit. 0.85, although I believe it's come back from uh, the low of the day at 46.17. And the paper markets today, Mondays have uh, become the quiet day of the week, and then the action begins on Tuesdays. You have the Dow down 180 points, 16,330, a little over 1%. The NASDAQ is down 72 points at 47.56, 1.5%. S&P down 24 at 19.42 down one and a quarter percent. Ten-year yield down 0.09, And the euro down 0.52 at 1.11. The euro has really have taken a beating here lately. Uh, I, mean, I think it was just last week where it was 113, 114. And to uh, see that type of a drop in the euro and uh, gold only down a little bit. Interesting. Good sign. Germany was down almost 4%. London was down almost 3%. Japan was down 2%. Um, not quite sure where the um, 
where Japan settled that on the day, I would have, I'd imagine that that was much lower on the day. I don't know if I can find that here quickly. Don't know if you heard anything about the, uh, didn't have a chance to follow markets today, Al. So did you see what uh I try not to follow them. I try to lead them, Melody. Oh, brother. Let them follow me. Oh, brother. <laughs> well, I'll try to look that up here just a little bit. But uh, interesting day. And, um, you know, hey, we have the Pope coming this week. I don't know if he's here yet today, but uh, people think that there might be a little um, um, action going on with the Pope. And I guess Obama was late kept the Pope in a holding pattern. You know, I'm showing a little disrespect there, I guess. And um, nothing to, nothing like waiting for Obama. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like, really? Really? Both Obama and Biden uh, were running, were late for the Pope, so they made his plane turn around. Made his plane turn around? Yeah. They made him circle while Obama and, and uh, Biden were there for the greeting ceremony. Like, you got to be Hillary. kidding me. Was Hillary there? I don't know if she was there, but you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I am. It is strange, though, that the... I don't know. I, I would say that's just about unprecedented. Yeah. You know, I'm not here... I'm not here to defend the Pope and the rest of that. I'm not Catholic, blah, 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 but... I can't imagine. Has there been another president and vice president who have both been late to the arrival of a dignitary like the Pope? That's amazing. Has that happened before, ever? I suppose maybe it has, but I haven't heard about it. Not to one I believe that had such ceremonial meaning behind everything. I mean, you know, Obama has been, you know... Putting out his all his photos with him and the Pope, and, and I, it's it's um, surprising. I think what happened is he bought a bad hourglass from one of his Muslim buddies, and the sand jammed up. Perhaps in the little in the little narrow place there in the in the in the hourglass. Perhaps he's a little bit late. Now that is really amazing. You were going to say funny, but you didn't want to encourage me, did you? No. I'm not going to say funny. That'll only encourage you. No, it isn't funny. It really is amazing. Ah, it's, it, it's absurd. It is. It's just absurd. I don't There may have been a big basketball game or something going on that Obama wanted to watch. Well, maybe he was finishing a golf game. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Got to keep your priorities. Yeah. I do get a question in, though, since we're talking about... Um, oh. Well, this isn't quite the Arabs and so forth, Muslims, but uh, this question is in for Ivan, Ivan. You say Ivan, I say Ivan. According to the European Union Times... I say tomato, what do you say? I do say tomato, too. I don't say tomato. According to the European Union Times, Russian Marines clashed with ISIS near Latvia and Syria on Sunday, and this is according to Russian media, during the fight... The Marines allegedly killed several militants, captured others, and uh, after ISIS attempted to attack an air base that was operated by Russian military. And again, this was reported by the Russian newspaper. Interestingly, the newspaper also reported the ISIS militants possessed a detailed plan 
of the airbase and clear satellite imagery with the marked key military installations. But Russia has only been operating the base for the past two weeks. That begs the question, who provided ISIS with that kind of intelligence? Could the USA and or Israel have provided this information? Well, this whole thing in Syria is going to just blow up into something crazy. There are people who argue, who believe, I don't know what the truth of the matter is, but there are people who believe that ISIS is really funded and created by the United States. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I can't say. But it's one of those crazy stories that might be true. Well, if it is, this explains why we haven't been able to simply crush ISIS and be done with it. Because, in fact, they're doing our government's bidding, and they're playing a card that the government wants played. But what is the government going to say if the Russians step in and (laughs) essentially wipe out ISIS? What's the government going to say? Say, no, no, that was our, but those were our best guys. You can't be shooting our troops. They can't say that. They can't defend ISIS. And I don't doubt for a minute that the Russians can take ISIS and wipe them out. <laughs> and if they do, everybody's going to say, what happened in the United States? How come you guys didn't do it? And what's the United States going to say if, if Russia succeeds in handling ISIS? They can't. They can't defend ISIS, even if they're they are even if ISIS is their fair-haired child. And what are they going to say if Russia succeeds in wiping them out? And the United States has shown to be incapable of wiping them out. This is a no-lose situation. I mean, putting the Russians into Syria, this is almost a no-lose, a guaranteed no-lose situation for the United States. And it'll be interesting to see how they attempt to handle this. Well, you know, you're right about all these stories and so forth, but we do know that the the U.S. government, uh, Israel, the Mossad, the CIA, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that they've, you know, backed and created and funded various groups and so forth, uh, you know, to create situations uh, to further their agenda. I mean, anymore, it's pretty much, you know, the game of the lands. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, it, that's how things get started. That's how things get stirred up. And... Um, this is how it seems wars have been created over the years. So. But it's not just how wars are created. It's also how nations are destroyed. Correct. And I don't mean the nation of Iraq or whoever. I'm talking about the United States. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hire a bunch of mercenaries from some, who knows where you recruit them, out of a local pool hall or wherever, and they're going to do your dirty work for you, all right? That may seem clever, and it may seem we're going to fool all the yokels and the rest of that sort of thing. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not willing to do your own fighting, you will inevitably fail. You will inevitably be defeated by people who are willing to do their own fighting. There is something inherently dishonest. It may be clever. It may be effective. You know, there are people who believe, I think, when we talked to Greg Hunter yesterday... I think I think it was Greg who mentioned that uh, ISIS or members of Al Qaeda were were essentially encouraged by the United States and supported by the United States financially and militarily to take over Libya and get rid of Colonel Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Right? The United States didn't want to be seen to be the great Satan going in there and trying to overthrow some legitimately elected government, so they. 
they created, allegedly they created some sort of a false flag operation that could be blamed on someone else, even though the United States was behind it all. That's bad business. When you start behaving in a way that is fundamentally dishonest and deceitful, in my opinion, it eventually comes back to haunt you. You are more diminished by your fraud and your deceit than you are by standing up and saying, all right, the world doesn't like it, but we're going we're gonna to fight. We're going to invade. We're going to do what we think is right. Maybe we're even going to do what we think is wrong, but we aren't going to hide out. These people are hiding out. and it just indicates a level of vulnerability that does not bode well for the future, in my opinion. So. You know, I like Patrick Buchanan. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody, you know, I get asked all the time, who do you follow? I don't follow anyone. I read. And I enjoy reading Patrick Buchanan. Yes, he's an insider and so forth. But, I mean, he has ways of writing that I don't, it makes you think and it makes you agree. And, you know, he talks about, the difference in the world, the you know, here we are in the America of twenty of nineteen fifty uh, versus twenty fifteen, and you know he is talking about the the Pope's arrival. Not to get back to that, but I just wanted to bring this up, and I'm going to put the, his article in our newsletter this week. He says in America, the twenty fifth. 2015, you have homosexuality, abortion on demand, same-sex marriage. You know, these were shameful crimes in America at that point in time. They were mortal sins in the Catholic Church. And now they've become constitutional rights. Even the Pope himself has shown some willingness to tolerate some of these problems. He's not going to embrace them, but he's, you know, we we don't have to chop their heads off. No, and uh, so it's a really good article, and if you folks can find it up on the Internet, I'm sure if you just type in Patrick Buchanan's great article, you can go to our website, dgscoins.com, sign up for a weekly newsletter, and uh, you'll get this, uh, well, I guess it would be next week's uh, newsletter but you know it just kind of hits home about where we're going and, and the of the you know we talk about the morals and the values and where this country is headed and and we can't tr- i don't believe we can turn this country around i think so we, we can we need to have a change before we can turn it around i agree and i think there have been some very intelligent people who have been working to destroy this cult this country and they have had enough intelligence to do it or attempt to do it by changing our culture. The culture being our system of values. And they, they whittle away one at a time and they, we, they give uh, gay marriage, abortion on demand. All right. These are things that were part of the bedrock of what it was to be an American 50 years ago. And by whittling away at these, they change the culture and they turn us into a different people. And, Without that original culture, without respect for it and appreciation for it, we're going to be lost. But on the other hand, if we could go back and begin to say, look, this is what worked for 200 years for this country. We're going back to that. We're going to do what was right under the Constitution, under the Bible. We're going to do what we're going to do that. We're not going to clown around and give crazy rights to homosexuals who are essentially killing each other. 
They're adept, and again, and I know you don't entirely agree. No, not, not anymore. It might have been true at one point in time. Yeah, I think, it's, I, I think, no, it's, no. I think it still is. I think in well, but it's beyond it, that, Al. That's my all. It is point. one it's issue. It's that. only one issue. But my point is, the American people, in my opinion, need to begin to recognize and understand and respect and even defend their culture because it's the culture that brought us at one point where we were the most powerful nation on earth and the richest nation on earth. We've abandoned that culture. We've assumed other values. We haven't defended the culture. And as a result, now we're the world's biggest debtor. We are vulnerable to great economic problems, maybe political, maybe social. It comes from changing the culture. And once you set those changes in motion, they acquire a certain amount of momentum and they're very difficult to defeat. But if you can recognize them and say, wait a second... This is a cultural problem. We need to push back against what might be construed a, as a neo-American culture and restore a traditional culture. And if we understand, we can do it, if we care to. And if we're not going to do it, in my opinion, we're going to see some terrible things happen in this country. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I mean, I think everybody always looked to the Catholic Church. I mean, because the, they always taught, and yeah, I'm not Catholic, and... I've read books, you know, so I'm, okay, I get all that. But they taught the Ten Commandments. They brought about the truth. And, and now they're all trying, now this Pope seems to be changing uh, things, uh, reform things, so uh, to embrace those that went away from the church because of what they were doing was not accepted. So, you know, it's, and again, this is another sign of the times. So you have the Pope coming. So is he going to be talking about these morals, about America's moral crisis? Or is he going to talk? I mean, recently you read about he's concerned with climate change. I don't think that's something the Pope should be involved with to talk about climate change or income inequality, okay? Um, they should go back to the Ten Commandments and, and, and the, you know, and it's, Again, you want to go back to being Catholic. You ought yes. to go back to being but Catholic, I think the Catholic rather than a progressive politician. It was held there as a, oh, I don't know what I'm trying to express, as a form, as a, as a, to embrace the church, that things, the biggest, this is what you held everything up to. Does that make sense? To some degree, you're trying to say they had a measure of integrity. <laughs> That they stood by certain values and they would fight or die for them. Yes, thank you. All right? So Where right now, they're just, like another hustler. they're just another lobbyist. Yeah. Right? How much money yeah. you got? How can we make the most money? How do we get the most people to show up? They don't have to be Catholics. We'll take Satanists. We'll take atheists. Anybody who wants to come, come on down. Let's increase the body count in our churches. Let's make more money. The whole thing has become just I don't know, offensive, disgusting. And the people who are responsible for it to sit there and grin at you. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned.
Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adisker with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? I, again, just want to remind the listeners to visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, and, of course, we have the... uh, radio programs that are archived there on a daily basis. We do have Canadian maple leaves that are available, and uh, we still have some in our inventory, one-ounce kangaroos. They're pretty much silver can- kangaroos. They're pretty much immediate delivery on those, 250 per box. Uh, makes it a little easier for some of you folks who, you know, who like to... 250 coins per 250 box? 250 coins per box, yeah. Mm. Your Silver Eagles are sold 500. Your Canadian Maple Leafs are sold 500 per box. And, you know, sometimes uh, folks are looking for a little bit smaller, better storage. 250 is a nice number. So it gives you a little bit... Uh, um, Gives you another option there, but they are there for immediate uh, uh, delivery. We also have Morgan Silver Dollars, 
not sure how long they're going to be around. Price on those are um, staying steady at about $28. Uh, their price never went down. And these are the pre-1921 circulated Morgan silver dollars. So we have those in inventory. And I'd be scooping them up all day long because with the, if this problem continues, which I expect to have this little bit of shortage problem perhaps into January of next year, um, there won't be any silver Morgans left, and you would see much higher prices on those. But uh, they maintain their price very well. So give us a call. What's next, Al? Scott Walker suspends presidential campaign, urges others to follow suit. This is from the Washington Times. I don't know. It's kind of a, it's, it's kind of strange to me. He has his reasons for making this, but... One politician bows out, and he says, you should bow out, too, the rest of you. You know, I mean, it's it's a little unusual. And he ah. he did the jabs on Trump. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves 14 candidates for the Republican nomination for president. One down, 14 to go. It it's reminds me of the down. Two down, who else is gone? Your governor from Texas, Perry. Oh, Perry, you're right. Yeah. Perry, that's right, my mistake. Perry, I never thought him of him as a serious candidate anyway. That was wishful thinking. I think I have a better chance than Mr. Perry, and I don't have any chance. Um, in any case, 13 candidates left for the Republican nomination. It all reminds me of the Agatha Christie story, and then there were none. Well, I think you're one correct. One by on one, your... they're starting to fall away. I think you're correct on the 14. There was 16. You're probably right. And I think they even pumped bump. I think someone came in late, might have pumped it to 17. I lost track. But well, in any case, in any case. We'll, call it, we'll call it a presidential do- uh, dozen. It might be 12, it might be 13, 13. it might be 14, it might be, but, but it's somewhere around there, a presidential dozen, you understand? And in any case, we've lost a couple of them, and we're going to start. There'll be, more, there'll be more to go as, this, as the field, as time goes on. What do you think the chances are right now? How would you assess uh, Trump's chances? I really don't know. I really don't know. Anything can happen. I mean, Rand Paul, they did a straw poll. I don't know if it was in New Hampshire or somewhere, which New Hampshire, but they did it, and he he won. So, I mean, I think there's a lot going on that the media – is not reporting properly. Of course, that's no big surprise. But uh, so I, I really don't know. I I find if Trump doesn't start saying other things other than he's a great guy and we're going to change this country and make America, he, ha- he has to bring a little something more to it than that. If he doesn't, then it really does show how brain dead the American people are. I mean, um, but he's, you know, you have an article here on Icon with Icon, and you have, and you know, he's, I don't, I don't want Trump. I don't, I can't even imagine who Trump would bring in for all these positions. That's part that bothers me. Yeah, I get his daughter Ivanka in there, and he's got his son. I, mean, I don't know. And, <laughs> and so it's like, it's just like a reality. He knows how to run these reality uh, programs. And so, I mean, that's my biggest problem with Trump and uh, Carly. I, I, I dropped her. There's no way I would want her in there. 
You know, yeah, but she's number two in the Republican. Yeah, but she has right all now. those CIA connect. You know, working with the CIA, and she talks about, you know, turning the government into, you know, one big computer. No, I, I don't want her in there. She's she's scary. She's yeah, she scary. looks a little bit mean spirited, and shrewish. I don't remember who described her as shrewish, but I saw one columnist, and he has a point. Um. Well, I don't base I don't it know on if that. I want I don't know if I want her in the White House. Just now, I don't know if I want any of them in the White House. I don't. No. You know the whole thing is uh, you keep wondering am I am I voting for the lesser of two evils again? Am I doing it again? Uh, but as for Trump, I think he's you know, I said from the beginning on this, if Trump doesn't say something really stupid, I think he can win this thing. But his remark about Carly, and with a face like that, that was just dumb. It was uncalled for. It was stupid, and it's hurt him. Well, I he, doubt that it's hurt him and probably helped her in the end. Sure. Right? So he's going to have to learn to shut his mouth sometimes because he thinks he's a billionaire who can shoot from the hip and it's all very charming and funny and the rest of that. No, he ain't going to be able to do that. You can tell the truth when you know it, and hooray for that. But if you're going to just... Smart off. Well, he even made comments to Rand Paul during the debate yeah, no. about his looks. Yeah. And it's like, you know. It's cheap shots. It's yeah. high school, it's juvenile, and it's the sort of thing if he doesn't stop it, he's going to be run out of the. He's going to be one of them to fall off to the side before this is over. And I still come back to Ben Carson. I mean, I think he has a chance. There, there might be one other one, the, the, the Bobby Jindal. Um, I like him, but he doesn't have a chance. I mean, he just doesn't have a chance. So if I had to think of anyone that has a chance, I think Ben Carson could have a chance. Yeah, but he could have a chance. He seems like a nice guy. He'd be a great godfather for your kids, but he doesn't impress me as being presidential. When he, when they let him, when he answers questions and you listen, he does. But he just doesn't carry the, the he doesn't have the swagger, you know, but... Uh, you don't have to be loud and and obnoxious in order to be the front runner. But you got to carry a big stick, Melody. <laughs> Speak softly and carry a big stick. You know, and I'm not I'm not saying Ben Carson is is 100% uh you know in everything, but I mean, you know, at least he follows you know the Bible, the, he's a Christian, he's you know, and and I think to me that's what's important this time around. I think that's you know, it would be get it would be get nice to get somebody in the White House who, who would at least admit what his faith was and be sincere in his faith. Yes, and I yeah. think that's important this time around. Well, if we're we'll going to change anything in this country. We need to have that. Uh, let's see. I've got one down here. Here's here's something now. This is a poll that goes along. This is in the Washington Examiner today, and the headline is poll. Almost half say feds are an immediate threat. My response is, thank God. 49% of people asked in a a new Gallup survey say the federal government poses, quote, an immediate threat to the rights and freedoms of ordinary citizens, unquote. And another 19% say the federal government is too big in general and puts forth too many laws. Huh. 49% recognize that the government is our principal enemy. 
Yay! Hooray! Hooray! We have seen a kind of change where people are waking up and becoming Americans again. You know, a lot of people sit back and say, oh, you can't say you're an American if you're against the government. Yeah, you can. You can make a compelling argument. You can sit back and ask people, do you believe being a good American means living in harmony with the Constitution of the United States? And I think most people say, well, yeah, being a good American means living in harmony. And what with the Constitution of the United States? And what was the fundamental idea behind that Constitution? It is an anti-government document. The genius of the United States Constitution is that it is probably the first Constitution, maybe the only Constitution that the world has ever seen that was intentionally anti-government. It's the reason, it is the founding fathers understood that the government of the United States was always, would always be the principal threat to liberty and freedom in this country. We don't have to worry about, the Germans didn't take any of our freedoms. The, the Nazis didn't take our freedoms. They may have been difficult or bad to deal with in terms of business. They didn't take our freedoms. We have people telling us, oh, the military are fighting for our freedoms. My, my response to them is name two. Name two freedoms that the American military has fought for in your lifetime and mine. Freedom of the press, freedom of speech, right to keep and bear arms. Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Which of our freedoms have the military fought for? And the answer is zero. They don't fight for any of our freedoms because none of our freedoms are being threatened by people overseas. In the end, the Muslims, unless you let enough of them into this country, they don't pose a real threat to our freedoms. Their freedoms are not affected by what's going on in the Middle East or in Asia or whatever. Not the freedoms. If our military was going to defend us against those who are taking our freedoms, who takes our freedoms besides the people in Washington, D.C., and Austin, Texas, and the various state capitals? We're losing our freedoms to our government. We are not losing our freedoms to any foreign power. Our, our founders understood that, and it's the reason why they gave us checks and balances. It was to keep the government from overwhelming us. It's the reason they gave us three different branches of government, and they gave us division of powers, separation of powers, where one branch would be fighting with the other branch, fighting with the third branch, but they couldn't act coherently as a single unit. It was to protect us from government powers. And when they gave us freedom of speech, it was primarily political speech, where if one of us sees the government pulling some stunt, we can stand up and say, look, look what the, government, the governor just did. Look what the, look what the president just did. We have the freedom to point that out to essentially alert our friends and neighbors and other people in the United States of America that, look, these SOBs, they are betraying our trust. They are trying to rob us, exploit us, defeat us, destroy us. That's what freedom of speech is all about. Freedom of the press is the same thing. Uh, freedom of religion, same thing. Protect us against the government. It's not supposed to be separation of church and state. It's in the sense that the church can't say anything about the state. It's supposed to be separation in the sense that the state leaves the church alone and leaves the church to say what needs to be said to help educate the people to understand when the government is out of line. It's very much like freedom of the press or freedom of speech. Second Amendment. Everybody seems to think that the Second Amendment is here to shoot the Russians or the Chinese if they invade across the Bering Strait, or it's to shoot, go shoot deer or ducks or something. It is not. There is a document that's commonly called the preamble 
to the Bill of Rights. It's the cover letter that went out with the Bill of Rights in 1787 when the Bill of Rights were proposed. No, it wasn't. It was later than that. It was a couple of years after that. 1789, if I recall correctly. Yeah, 89. It's, it was the cover letter from Congress. They said, look, we've got 13 amendments we're proposing here. It was sent out. Copies were sent to each of the states, and the states were asked to respond which amendments they supported and which they did not. The states supported 10 of the 13 amendments. Those came to be called our Bill of Rights. But the document that sent these, that proposed what became our Bill of Rights, it says the conventions of a number of the states, having at the time of their adopting the Constitution, expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers. In other words, they're say that, well, I'll go on, that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added. These further declaratory and restrictive clauses were and are our Bill of Rights. And they're telling us that the purpose of the Bill of Rights is they are saying expressly the purpose, and they quote, to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers, meaning to prevent misconstruction or abuse of the powers of the Constitution. That's what the Bill of Rights are there for. Who has powers under the Constitution? The Chinese invaders pouring over the, over the Bering Strait? The ducks? The deer? The Nazis? They got nothing under the Constitution. The only people that can misconstrue or abuse the powers of the Constitution are the people in Washington, D.C., in the House, in the Senate, in the White House, in the bureaucracies. The Bill of Rights was intended to protect you and me from excess government, from, from uh, again, misconstruction or abuse of the powers. Essentially official oppression. That's what the Bill of Rights are all about. The founders understood this is the great genius of the Constitution of the United States. It recognized that government was inevitable and perhaps necessary, but it treated it as a necessary servant. What did George Washington say? He said, government, like fire, is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. At no point did George Washington say, oh, government, you can trust the government's here to help you. you. You know you can trust the government. He says it is like a dangerous servant or a fearful master, and he was saying, don't ever turn your back on the SOBs. They didn't trust the government. They had to have one, but they didn't trust it, and that's why we have an anti-government constitution, and that was the genius of the United States of America. We're going to take a break for some commercial announcements. Melody and I will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. count high, half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the Prostate Kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate gland. Call Apothecary Herbs for the Prostate Kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money back guarantee with every purchase. 
Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free 866-229-3663 or international callers 704-875-8010. That's toll free 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis. After we finished, uh, after we broke for commercials, Melody asked me if I felt better after my little rant, and I told her not quite. It was kind of like rantus interruptus. You understand? Um, you can't. You got to finish your rant, or it's or it's it's just not completely satisfying. Just want to finish up on this article again. Poll: Almost half say Feds are an immediate threat. Forty-nine percent of the people in the new Gallup poll said they think the federal government poses an immediate threat to the rights and freedoms of ordinary citizens. I agree with them 100 percent. I think it's for me, it's cause for celebration that people are beginning to wake up and understand that the government is not simply a misguided, bumbling oaf who sometimes does stupid things. But instead, understand, as the founding fathers did, that you couldn't trust these people as far as you can throw them. All right. You've got to defend against these. And anytime somebody from the government says, oh, you can trust me, tell them to get off the stage. Don't trust any politician. It's un-American to trust politicians. As I started to explain in the first place, I said, to be a good American, if you accept the argument that the premise that being a good American means living in harmony with the principles of the Constitution of the United States, then being a good American means you don't trust any politician, any government employee, you don't trust any of them. And we've lost that, and as we have, we are in danger of losing a great deal more. Just a few more statistics. Uh, though the sentiment has been felt generally by the same percentage of Americans for the past five years, fewer than a third of those asked believed, uh, believed it when they were first asked in 2003. The sentiment is rising. Another 15% of those asked worry the federal government violates too many freedoms and civil rights. 13% see the government as a threat to the Second Amendment. 10% believe the government has too much involvement in people's lives. 6% view it as a socialist government. 6% worry that we are losing our freedom of speech. And the same percentage of people ask, fear that the federal government will take away the freedom of religion. All right, we are the 800-pound gorilla. And any time we want to get up off the couch at the same time and stamp our feet, this whole country will shake. 
but we have to want to get up off the couch. All right? It's not enough to wait for somebody else to stand up and fight for your freedoms and say, oh, let's fight for the military. Hooray for the military. They're fighting for our freedoms. Bunch of crap. The military, had, again, name two. They haven't fought for any freedoms in my lifetime and nor in yours. And you can't name any American freedoms that have been threatened by a foreign adversary. All right? There's been no meaningful threat to our freedoms by a foreign adversary. The only person taking the government... Stand up. You don't want to lose your freedom. Stand up to the government. Who's we've got a we've got a got a a, a comment on the uh, uh, by email yes. melody. Is that true? Yes, we do. And, and I got another one in. And it is true. I mean, well, let's read this one. And I'll get to the other one. It's about Russia and ISIS. And the comment was Russia Russia won't beat ISIS. Russia's military track record over the past 30 years has been pretty poor, especially against Muslim jihadis. They lost the war in Afghanistan and suffered 15,000 dead. They had to trash Chechnya in order to partially squash a vicious insurgency there. And Russians lost 30,000 dead. They managed to grab Crimea because the Ukrainians chose not to resist. ISIS is well-armed, highly trained, and has a steady stream of recruits. Russia is just hoping to leave a small pocket of Syria controlled by Assad. In the end, it won't work. Well, that's possible, but I'm inclined to see. You're talking about Russia and its losses under the Soviet Union. Russia itself, under Putin, has not yet been tested in a meaningful way. I don't think Putin's going to sit still for loss. I don't think he's going to get into a fool's errand, but I don't think he's going to tolerate a loss. This is not your grandfather's Soviet Union. This is modern-day Russia, and I think they're ready to rock. Now, I could be mistaken, but we are going to watch and see if Putin gets in, I think he's going in with both feet, and it's going to be more trouble than ISIS can handle. They're not going to fool around and try to play nice, in my opinion. They're not going to get caught in any, oh, gee, what will the public say? What will news media say? I don't think that's going to mean much to Russia. What will mean something is they are going to have to win. And in part, they have to win for the reasons that were specified in this email. Somebody says, oh, they haven't won anything in years. Well, yeah, that's true. If Putin wants to build Russia into a nation, he needs a victory. Right? He needs to show that they are not the chumps who got dragged into Afghanistan and run out. He needs to show that Russia can do something. And I would bet that he is determined. If he's going in, he's going to be as much trouble as they know how to be. And I think that's more than ISIS can handle. But who can say? I can't tell you my opinion is, you know, I'm not telling it's God's truth. I'm just saying that's the way it looks to me. What's the next one, Melody? Well, we didn't do so well in Afghanistan either. Yeah. We're, we're, well, but it's not over yet, Melody. <laughs> we're still there, and we're looking the other way when the Afghan generals and commanders and whatever are raping little boys. Um, we are it's part of our policy for the Americans um, with the eagle and the flag and fighting for freedom and democracy. We're not going to defend children that are being raped by Afghan generals. And remember... You know, how many multi-millions of dollars was used to train four or five Islamic soldiers? Uh, I mean, to me, those numbers are incredible. And it's like no one is really talking about it. No one is even taking... It's just evidence of complete fraud. They didn't train anybody. They had a hard time finding five. They said, what about... What about uh, Imam I did hear here? nine. We must have given him some training. Let's put... Come on, we've got to have at least five people. I did hear up to nine. 
Oh, wow. See, we've almost doubled. We doubled. Yeah. Just uh, now, now, now we're, oh, yeah. We know, in no time at all, we'll be taking over the whole Middle East with our, with our trainees. And there was another part to this question, and at the end of the month, uh, the possibility the government will shut down. And uh, what do you think the chances are? I know that is your, come on, baby, close down. But um. Everybody, you see people talking about a government shutdown as if it would be a bad thing. That's what disturbs me. I'm sitting here thinking, wait, you know, people, oh, my gosh, we can't have a government shutdown. Why not? You know, why not? We've had it before. It's happened before. Nothing um, happens. Everybody gets paid. Well, yeah, but at least you get a little rest for a while. You know, you can go back to just watch news from Hollywood, Dancing with the Stars. It's the government isn't doing anything anymore. That's not entirely true. But regardless, I have no objection to a government shutdown. I would celebrate if someone just came along and said, "Look, we're going to cut the government by forty percent across the board." I said, "Oh no, we can't. We got oh." Bunk. This nation is being destroyed by its own government. They like to tell us about all the foreign threats and the foreign enemies and the foreign adversaries and the people over there are doing one thing or another and gee, they're just causing us trouble. But the real enemy, the real adversary to the people of the United States of America is the government of the United States. They're the ones that are refusing to protect our borders from invasion by illegal aliens. They're the ones that shipped our jobs and industries, or many of them, to third world countries and left us with what? Service jobs? Hmm? And now, and we're paying for that. We're paying for that treachery. They're the ones that are working for the North American Union and trying to bring enough illegal aliens into this country where the United States will become, and Mexico will become de facto same country. And can then Canada, and we have a North American Union, which will eventually be welded into the New World Order. There's no proviso in our Constitution for our government to support a New World Order or a North American Union. It does not exist. It is an unconstitutional objective. It's evidence of treason committed against the people of the United States of America by the government of the United States. So... Huh, a government shutdown? Hey, hey, make my day. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no, oh, no. You know, I feel like Br'er Rabbit. Whatever you do, don't throw me in the briar patch. Please don't throw me in the briar patch. Please don't shut down the government. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I'd be happy if you did. You could shut it down for six months or a year. It'd be like a jubilee. You know, they had this one time in early American history. Um... There was a point in time before the American Revolution. <laughs> this is this is this is such a funny story. King George was offended by the colonists. They were doing something that aggravated him one way or another. And so he decided that he would shut down the governments of the colonies, the English governments, the England, you know, that were working for England. He would just shut them down and he would deprive them of the benefit of English governance. Huh? And he did. And the American people got along just fine. In fact, they started to prosper more so than they had in the past. They were making more money. They were becoming more prosperous. They were more inventive. They were building new businesses and factories and whatever, you know, within the limits of the time. 
And he was told by one of his advisors, you better get the government back in there pretty fast before these people realize they don't need us. And they did. They said, okay, okay, we've punished you enough. Now we're bringing the government back in. The truth of the matter is, they are not going to punish us by shutting down the government. Give us cause for celebration. I know it's not, I know that some people depend on the government in ways that are, you can't easily replace, I get that. But that dependence is not a good thing. We are much better off if we find out how to support ourselves and provide for our own retirement than if we rely on government. Everybody here, virtually everyone listening to this program has relied on government to provide for your retirement with Social Security. Right? To one degree or another, almost everyone here is accounting on Social Security. They, you may other, have other pension plans or whatever. What do you get Social Security? Yeah, I get the money out of the government. Do you? Will you really? What has the government done with the money you have, to, you have given to Social Security, contributed to Social Security over the years? The government has grabbed it as soon as it came in the door, gave Social Security an IOU, and Social Security really doesn't have any funds. They don't have anything stored up for you. They're just living on whatever's coming in the door has been used to pay, out, pay Social Security checks for whoever is collecting. Primarily, that's what's happening. And if things go south, the government's going to say, oh, my gosh, you won't believe it, but Social Security's broke. We don't know. Gee, where did the money go? The money went to the government, who took your government, who said to heck with your retirement and to heck with your trust in government. They would grab the money and use it for themselves to make bigger and better government. And, what if, and we're going to all be exposed to that before this is over. I don't know when Social Security is going to collapse, but it's going to happen. And those people who have depended on it and depended on the government and relied on government, they will protect me. They will be, the government is my savior. You know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of financial ruin, I shall fear no evil, for the government is there to carry my, carry my weight. You're going to find out that's all a bogus prayer. We are headed for a moment where we're going to see some serious problems. And those of you who trusted in government, those of you who didn't grab hold of the spirit of the Constitution and say, you know, we can't trust those guys. If I want to take care of my retirement, it's up to me to make the necessary sacrifices and to collect my wealth and store it in a form that the government can't grab. My responsibility. And you know what, Al? Hmm. It shouldn't take a million plus for people to retire either. That's part of the big problem. That's part of the problem where people have to look towards the government because of the cost of things anymore. The, 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 The cost of living, our standard of living, is so expensive of high. And why? Why? Goes well, back part of to the, the reason is because thing. we haven't, our standard of living hasn't genuinely increased since the 1970s. Why? Since because they, government has consistently just raised taxes, raised regulations, what drove businesses out of this country. How did government get, government get the opportunity to have no regulation that really let them do whatever they wanted to do as far as spending, to create all these programs? What allowed them to do that? Well, because people in Congress make whatever laws no, they think they can get away with. it all goes back 
to the Federal Reserve. It goes back to taking us off the gold standard. It goes back to our monetary policy. Mm-hmm. And yep. by taking us off the gold standard, it allowed them to write all these blank checks or whatever you want to call them and, and to put us in the situation where people can't have too hard of a time living. I mean, look at the cost of everything, yep. fuel, our heating oil, our food, everything. Inflation didn't really begin in this country to a serious degree until after they took us completely off the gold standard. It started the in the 50s. Of, You'll really see it start in the 50s, after the war. That's when it when becomes more apparent. But people trace it back 1913, 14, with the onset of the Federal Reserve. You know, you can point well, to a bunch of different slow. things. it was pretty slow. It was pretty slow. You really I agree. started to I agree. see it, it gapping takes, up takes time to in get the, the 50s. Stuff started. Yes. It takes time to get it started. Well, they had to earn the people's, hey, we're here to help you. Yeah, right. We're and good we're for dumb you. To here, yeah. We're going to get here. Some, well, here's a, a free years. lunch. Yeah. Step right up and get your free lunch. Well, day is coming when you're going to find out there are no more free lunches, and you are going to have to dance to the piper if you want to eat. And you're going to get there if you don't take care of yourselves, if you don't take responsibility. Stand up. Don't let the government get away with all this crap. Start fighting, recognize your culture, respect it, fight for it, and see if we can put government back in the hidey hole it came out of. We might be able to reestablish freedom and liberty in this country, and it would be a great blessing if we did. We're out of time. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedars from On Financial Survival. We'll be back manana. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a fun. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. 
Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call one 800 289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret. Hello, everybody. Silver Welcome to Tuesday today. We are looking at a day where Congress almost slipped it to us. I warned you about it yesterday. As a matter of fact, we had talked about it the uh, last part of last week. Today was the day that the Senate voted on the Defense Appropriations Bill. Now, this is one of those going-to-pass bills because it contains everything for the continued pay, uh, the equipment, maintenance for the programs of our overseas committed troops as well as those uh, in what we call force comp forces command here within the borders of the United States. We're going to pass this bill. And it is a habit for uh, rather powerful members of Congress 
to uh, stack on or try to link up just like a train uh, that may have extremely important cargo in the first few cars, meaning the pay, allowances, uniforms, ammunition, weaponry for our armed forces, and they stack all of their beef, meaning things for their district, meaning all the controversial bills that America would hang them for if they even knew they were being voted on. They stick them on to the tail end of these important, going-to-be-passed bills, and they ride, and that's why they're called riders, right on through. And so today we saw the true coloring of uh, Senator Harry Reid. Now, it's a shame because uh, Harry Reid has been a public servant uh, since the 80s. I've got pictures uh, just uh, to my back here in my office of Harry Reid and I standing together back in the early 80s. He was a decent representative. And all of a sudden, Harry Reid gets uh, appointed as the head of the Senate, and Harry Reid, in just the short period of time that Obama has been President of the United States, has completely uh, reversed what we would have seen in a progressive cycle of a positive representative. And someone that I have voted for repeatedly in the past. All of a sudden, he is uh, running like some kind of an unowned dog. He pays no attention to those who vote him into office, meaning he is a senator from the great state of Nevada. And the things that are important individually and collectively to the state, Harry Reid uh, turns his back and makes sure that he uh, runs and follows and licks the feet of and feeds off the crumbs that might be dropped by uh, Obama. This is not my senator. This is not the senator from the great state of Nevada. This is Barack Hussein, Obama's senator. This is some kind of a trained dog. Only dogs, I think, probably are angelic forms come from God on short loan. Meaning, though, that Harry Reid is like a trained pet. And as expected, and as we warned you, Harry Reid tried to put on as a rider uh, this dream bill that would take illegals and turn them into American citizens just for show. Do you really think that Harry Reid, Bill Richardson, the governor of New Mexico, Native American, had to call uh, for federal assistance because he couldn't handle the borders down in New Mexico? He doesn't want uh, any, and he is a Democrat, the reason I'm telling you this, but I know Richardson. 
He doesn't want for there to be legislation to reach out and just give blanket amnesty to illegals who are probably, in many cases, you may say, well, Bo, they just come over to get a job. Well, what about those that aren't able to come over legally because they are criminals, because they're part of the drug cartel that has turned Phoenix, Arizona into a place that is more dangerous than Beirut? I'm talking about a bill that is absolutely rotten. It is sleazy. It is a political bill. It is designed to try and uh, dangle like a piñata attractive things in front of Mexican-Americans or those who are here illegally to say, vote for Obama. Vote for these Democrats. They're going to give us amnesty. Reed knows that his dream bill, which I told you last week when he went to sit down with the president to figure out the strategy on how they're going to get Obama elected a second time, it'll be like a drowning person going down for a second time when it comes to America as a nation. But Reed also is looking at an election this November where he very, very well could be rejected. And he is looking for every vote he can get. And he's trying to draw out the liberal vote, which would include Mexican-Americans, generally speaking, because he has something for them. I will... Give me all your illegals, and I will turn them in to official U.S. citizens. And then you can, if there is an advantage, I don't know that in California it's not better to be an illegal alien. But now all of a sudden you're able uh, to come onto the dole of social uh, security insurance and one thing and the other. Well, this is behind the back. This is something that would be done uh, in the dark, in the slimy quarters of the rottenest politics, the dream bill to make illegal aliens, uh, magically American citizens, if they can stay hid for five years and not be uncovered uh, by ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency. And then all you have to do, once you have successfully hidden yourself for five years, is you have to agree to go into the U.S. military. Right now, the U.S. military is made up primarily of middle-class, lower-middle-class whites. There is less than 1% that are Jewish. There is less than one-tenth of 1% that are Muslim. And so if you can give a carrot out in front of the borough to Mexican illegals that will make them Mexican-Americans, and give them a job, let them go into the military. 
Yeah, then you see, the problem with a lot of this is that when our military is apart from us and not a part of us, the United States, then people don't care about them. The only people that care about them are the mothers, the wives, the brothers, the sisters, the children. But when you have a military, as it should be, that is a part of us, you go back and look when the Kennedys were going to run a son for president of the United States. That son was into the military as a pilot, was killed and never made the run. Jack Kennedy was also in the military, and he did make the run and succeeded, but he was killed in office, as you know. America needs to be part of so that we, the people, care. And it's not just uh, for the, the selfish and the manipulating in politics and in Washington, D.C. power that would look uh, to gain oil uh, from Kuwait by occupying it by force or to make it possible for Great Britain to have 4,000, 8,000, 400 tons of opiates this last year. Instead, they are going to be held accountable because if we have a mandatory military, then you've got every voter, mothers and fathers, grandparents, all of America has got somebody in there so they care, and it means that Congress and the politicians will have to deep, more deeply consider, and you don't let the numbers just without check run up like we have now over in Afghanistan, more than 6,700 dead in what we said was weapons of mass destruction that never materialized. And what we said, oh, well, we have to do this for the poor Afghanis. All we're doing is feeding the hatred of America by, just like Germany, occupying these people of a different culture, different religion, different language. There's every difference between what you would find over there as compared to over here, and we're trying to insist that our way of life is the way they're going to live. Well, the act of Harry Reid an act of treason, didn't work. Harry Reid tried a two-pronger, I think hoping, sort of like the government, will put multiple charges against you, hoping that maybe one of them will stick and that you will plea bargain or the jury might give them a handout. Because they also, on the appropriations bill for the defense of America, attached this repeal of don't ask, don't tell. Hoping that because this bill is going to pass, that don't ask, don't tell 
would also ride on the tails of what we have to do for our military forces. Well, this is a reason uh, why we look at the Senate because and see what they do. The Senate only has 100 members. We vote them in every six years, which means that every two years, about one-third of them is uh, up for re-election. There are 435 members of the House of Representatives, so there's, it's far more complicated numbers-wise. Now, the Democrats control both the House and the Senate. But in the Senate, voting for this defense bill, they needed 60 votes. They only needed one more. They needed a Republican. And they thought they, was going, they were going to get the Republican because Gaga was in Maine. Remember I told you that Gaga, to me, is a repulsive person. I don't have anything against her personally. It's just that anybody that would name themselves Gaga and would make themselves up uh, as she does with the you know, liberal use of a finger painting, uh, that she's not something that we should probably listen to, let alone look at. But uh, Gaga was in Maine yesterday putting on a major uh, demonstration hoping that Republican Senator Susan Collins would support Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Now, this thing goes back to 17 years ago, and it was the Congress that passed this law about uh, don't ask, don't tell. It's illegal to be in the uniform services of the United States if you are a homosexual. And there are some good reasons for this. One is security. One of, I can guarantee you, back uh, then when the communists were not our friends, Gorbachev was not on the uh, cover of Time magazine, winning the Nobel Peace Prize as our man of the decade. The target for our enemies was first homosexuals. Because if the enemy could uh, catch you in a homosexual act or of some other way show your homosexuality, then they could bribe you and bribe secrets from you to keep quiet uh, your personal choices as being a homosexual. And so for 17 years, basically, the military has said uh, you don't ask someone if they're a homo, and they don't tell you or show you, demonstrating that they are. Well, there's an estimated 13,000 people that have been discharged since its inception in 19, 
93. Although most of the individuals have uh, resulted from uh, homosexual service members outing themselves, these special interest groups, they call themselves gay right, a misuse of the word, I believe, is that it has been used by vindictive co-workers to drum out troops who never made their sexuality an issue. I don't believe that. Out of, I mean, I was a commander in the military as a career. I was a young soldier. I was a cadet. And uh, I never saw any, I saw the other way. Anyway, 13,000 since 1993 is just the tip of the iceberg, I can guarantee you. Besides security, we need to look at a simple fact. Now, I see on CNN today, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNBC, where they're all saying, well, uh, don't you suppose that uh, the line troops, you know, the grunts, you know, the, the leathernecks, the Marines, uh, you know, the regular guys that uh, carry the brunt uh, of, the, of the defense for America, don't you suppose that they uh, don't care about this? The answer is they do care about it. There are thousands of what we call flag officers. Those are generals, admirals, Air Force, Army, uh, Marine Corps, admirals in the Navy, Coast Guard, who have put themselves on record as opposing this. Now, uh, Obama has just uh, uh, appointed a new four-star general in charge of the Marine Corps. And uh, he has come out and didn't support, uh, didn't make Obama smile, uh, when he said, my primary concern uh, is the potential disruption to cohesion in the Marine Corps caused by significant change during a period of extended combat operations. This is General James Amos, who is the man that Obama has just uh, selected to be Commandant of the Marine Corps. Now, people, and then I hear all of the liberal networks saying, well, you know, countries uh, that are uh, have for many years, decades, uh, they have uh, allowed... Uh, people of whatever sexual persuasion uh, to serve in their military seems like uh, we would uh, want to follow them now. Seems like these old archaic, uh, you know, Christian uh, ways, uh, Judeo-Christian ways, would be uh, would would be gone away by now, and we would just follow uh, the way that the rest of the world is, you know. God be praised. These were the same Tory-type voices 
that were squawking, uh, we don't, we can't go up against the king. We've got to follow the king. And here were these revolutionaries saying there is no king but Jesus, fighting and finally securing the greatest nation with the greatest experiment in citizenry, the right to own property as individuals, the Bill of Rights, which without the Bill of Rights, the Constitution would already be buried. And so our people, our culture, our nation, our military doesn't need to be, doesn't, shouldn't want to be like everyone else. If it wasn't for the United States military, World War I would have rapidly gone the other way, to the Kaiser and to the Turks. And World War II, as is already obvious, would have been won by the Axis, which, of course, is Germany, Japan, and Italy. But because of the entry into those wars, recognized by every national leader at that time, history books have a way of changing as uh, liberals decide that they would better interpret history uh, if uh, it was slanted to their uh, particular likes and dislikes. The reason that America made a difference is because we were not like those weaker nations that were falling under the influence of the Kaiser, the Turks, the Nazis, the fascists. And all of those people at that time were praising God for the USA. Those countries that have embraced homosexuality as uh, something that would be natural and uh, have its place legally, lawfully, uh, in the community at all levels of government are the ones who tell us, and I'm talking about Denmark and Sweden and those big countries, that have uh, embraced homosexuality uh, for generations, they will tell you, they have told us, but it's just because special interests won't allow it to be commonly reported on the news that you can almost depend on it like an insurance actuary. If you have a homosexual lifestyle, then you can figure on living 20 years less because of the associated diseases, the associated problems, the associated crimes, etc. at all that are tied in. There is good reason, and on the a dozen years that I've been on the radio to express to you the stark truth without 
uh, tying it up and trying to be politically correct. You can depend when you listen to Freedom Call. That's been the name of this program all of these years, and I've been the host. I'm going to tell you, even though uh, it may be politically uh, incorrect, and uh, the media has oftentimes chided me, tarred and feathered me, it's all right. We have an old saying, me and Jesus know that's enough. I'm going to tell you the truth. And the fact is that when Reed, Reed's an enemy, when he tries to slip in on the tails of the defense appropriation bill today, but it failed because this one Republican who was supposed to be a line crosser, Susan Collins from Maine, didn't listen to Gaga and voted no against don't ask, don't tell. And it's disgusting to me. It makes you sort of want to put your finger down your throat when you hear people that are supposed to have good sense say, well, I actually like the concept of, of you know everybody being able to serve as they will regardless of their sexual preference. You know, these people that are saying that are not military. You are going to find that there uh, is going to be major changes in morale. You're going to find that there's going to be major problems uh, in recruitment. We're going to take a little pause. We'll come back. Important things in the news today. Stay with American Voice Radio. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. 
The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. with you and uh, I wish that uh, I don't mean to spend too much time uh, you know beating this uh, horse it's not that the horse is dead uh, the horse is very much alive but 
you know, I am someone who uh, is probably a genuine libertarian. Now, I've uh, voted. Uh, I, I knew Eisenhower. I was a lieutenant. Uh, I voted Republican in those days. I voted against uh, JFK. I was so uh, you know, much a conservative as a, an infantry officer that I just couldn't see a uh, liberal Democrat Catholic uh, being president. I didn't necessarily believe the rumors that the Pope would be running things, and as a matter of fact, uh, the Pope might be uh, uh, better when you consider what we've got now. Uh, certainly, I would say, yep, yeah, yeah, go ahead and, and bring the Pope in. But uh, in those days, I was wrong uh, to, uh, to think Nixon was a better choice. I chose Nixon uh, in my vote just because he had eight years' experience as Eisenhower's vice president. And yet, Ike, I didn't listen to Ike when he told the media, they asking him for uh, a recommendation, uh, an acknowledgement for something good about uh, Tricky Dick, and he said, give me a week. I'm sure I can think of something. So, see, that was Ike's polite way of saying, I got nothing good to say about this guy. And so there are still people out there, second lieutenants, that say, uh, geez, we got to vote for uh, for Tricky Dick because, you know, he's a Republican, he's a conservative, he's got eight years' experience. Listen, this is very serious, and we have to start measuring these people not by their party label but I'll tell you it was today that this they were counting Gaga up in Maine serenaded uh, Senator Susan Collins a Republican just so that she would switch gears and Susan Collins when she voted no for don't ask don't tell she said it's not that I'm against Uh, the idea of homosexuals in the military. I just didn't like the procedure that uh, Harry Reid only gave the Republicans a one shot. He said, you know, Republicans, we are a major part of uh, this Congress, of this Senate. We represent uh, millions and millions, tens of millions of people, and we should be given a voice that is able to be heard and is meaningful. And so Susan Collins says that she voted and denied the Democrats the victory. Whoa, this would have been a big victory for Obama. And for Re- I don't know where Reed would go to celebrate this. There are some sleazy bars uh, in almost every town. And uh, there's a sleazy or two, one, uh, probably, uh, you know, up around, even though Reed is a Mormon. Why in the world, um, how could he go uh, and celebrate somewhere other than maybe out behind the White House uh, or possibly in the bushes somewhere? I mean, I'm really disappointed in this guy, Reed. And I have known him for just for about 25 years. And I have voted for him. 
and I won't do it again. And uh, as I mentioned to you yesterday, it doesn't make any difference who the person is. I'm voting against Reed because I have seen that he will trade his soul. He will trade our military. Let me ask you this. Here, put yourself and look at me. I knew I was going to be a soldier. I have the living proof that since I was about three years old, I have been in uniform. I was in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Explorer Scouts. I was a cadet. I joined the Army just as soon as I could. I was a soldier. Do you think I would have joined a military that was homosexual? Do you think, and I remember a time when, and, and you know, I was in the back of a limousine with General William C. Westmoreland, Chief of Staff of the Army. We were headed to Capitol Hill, and he was going to testify of the we want to join you, Army. That's what we were calling the new volunteer army. Westmoreland hated it. He had been a battalion commander in World War II. In Korea, he was the 187 Airborne Regimental Commander that made two combat jumps in Korea. Then he was commander of the 101st Airborne Division. He was the commandant of West Point. He was the commander of all American forces in Vietnam. He was the chief of staff of the United States Army. Westmoreland knew men. He knew soldiers. And he hated this idea of we want to join you. And I made the comment because I knew I could see in his wrinkled brow that this was like telling him he was going to have to you know, to uh, like Grandma, when I would get up and I'd honestly be feeling bad, all he had to do was get the enema bulb, uh, handheld enema thing out, uh, and uh, that molasses kind of stuff that we used to have to take for everything. And uh, I got instantly well. Well, it was like him contemplating, uh, you know, having to take an enema. And I... Uh, I, he deserved better. And I said to him, sir, uh, don't feel so bad about this. I said, I personally kind of like uh, volunteers. And Westmoreland looked at me and said, you know, Bo, your vision is just not uh, broad enough. He said, you volunteered to come in the Army. You volunteered to be a paratrooper. You volunteered for the Rangers. You volunteered for Special Forces. That's all you know is volunteering as an elite soldier. He said, you got to look at it from a much broader perspective. We're not talking about elitism here. He said, we need to have all of our soldiers a part of the United States. He said, when we are apart from, nobody cares about us. We need to have 
the sons and daughters even of the CEOs, of the millionaires, of the Indian chiefs, of the people who run things and opinion makers. If their children are in the service, then they care. And what we do with these young men and women, we're much more careful with them. Well, Westmoreland was right. And can you imagine, we right now are uh, struggling to keep up our uh, ratio of volunteers coming into the armed forces. I remember, I was there when this new volunteer army, we want to join you army, took birth. And I had two sons. I had Jim, who had spent uh, about eight years, maybe almost nine years, in the Rangers, in Special Forces. He was on the DMZ over in uh, Korea. And Jim said, I'm, I'm out here. Jay, my number two son, has spent eight years in the 82nd Airborne Division in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. He said, I'm out of here. I don't want to be part of a we want to join you. I don't want to uh, have to wear pink berets because that's what uh, somebody likes that's coming into the military, and we want to please them. Gosh, you know, I'll never forget. We went to Fort Jackson. Fort Jackson is one of the largest military posts and was at the time the largest training post, and they were ordered to implement this uh, new modern volunteer army. So the chief of staff, Westmoreland, uh, went to a barracks, where he was going to meet some, because what they'd do is let uh, young men come in the Army for like two weeks, and the Army would wine them and dine them and let them shoot pool and feed them in the mess hall and let them go to picture shows and swim in the swimming pools and dress any way they liked. And so as Westmoreland walked into the room, there were two or three pool tables uh, being uh, actively used by these new volunteers, and everybody uh, sort of uh, stopped what they were doing and gawked, because here's the Army Chief of Staff, and here's the Commanding General of Fort Jackson, and the Command Sergeant Major, who was a friend of mine. And they looked and said, hey, dude, look at that dude. Look at all that, that stuff he's got on his chest. Who's that? Westmoreland looked at the general and says, get them lined up, please. I want to talk to them. And so, you know, in trying to beat, we want to join you. Would you, would you, uh, gentlemen, please, would you mind coming over? Finally, after about two, three minutes, we had a line of about nine people. And Westmoreland looked at it and said, I want to know how many of you have graduated from high school. There wasn't a single hand. And all that we heard, which showed nothing as far as, uh, when I joined the Army, you shut up if there was a sergeant that was addressing you. But these people stood there uh, with their bottom lips touching the ground, uh, making comments like, hey, dude, 
Hey, man, cool, man. I mean, it was awful. The next place we went was to the theater where the commanding general had a new We Want to Join You presentation. It was all laser light splashing and heavy metal. That lasted about 30 seconds when Wes Marlin got up and said, shut that off. And we left Fort Jackson and the modern volunteer army. Friends, I've watched and seen what it's like when you try to be politically correct. Believe me, this business about don't ask, don't tell was a step toward saying, if you truly want to be in the service of the United States Armed Forces, then, and you're homosexual, then you come in, but you better keep it to yourself. Because we discover it, you're out. Because you are a detriment to the morale. And when you look at, and you can now tell me, uh, preachers don't look at that part of the Bible, but New Testament, Old Testament, both tell us that sodomy is not something that is pleasing. It is a, an, a, a horrible thing to Almighty God. It isn't right. And, of course, the death penalty was prescribed in the old days. And, you know, we have in our own way through AIDS and uh, through hepatitis B and through other, like, the Nordic countries that have embraced homosexuality as a free way of life, they'll tell you, 20 years is what you can plan on losing. Now, when you're uh, young, you may say, well, I'm 25. Uh, I don't care about losing. Uh, I want to be this way. And I can tell you that if it was something monogamous, like uh, we saw you know, with the odd couple, uh, they were always kind of funny, weren't they? But it isn't that way. When you look at uh, prisons, where there are many, many interviews available, when you look at all of the psychological interviews and profiles that are available, it is deadly, this uh, way of homosexuality. And it is spiritually deadly. I don't care what the preacher says, there are rules. And we as a nation can say we're going to be like the rest of the world. But friends, that isn't especially something to cheer over. I don't fully understand it. I don't want to be like the rest of the world. And I know I think what the rest of the world uh, is facing Anyway, I consider it a traitorous act on the part of uh, the Nevada Senator Harry Reid when he snuck onto the back of the train uh, this business of the DREAM Act to legalize illegal aliens and endanger the United States with the piñata promise 
well, you can join the military and we make you a U.S. citizen. Or you could go to college and go to two years and we'll make you a United States citizen. When other countries will reject these people as criminals, as uh, organizers, as people who are unacceptable, when they can't fit in their own culture, and they sneak across the border, why in the world should they be given priority? What kind of a signal are we sending to our enemies? You know, you wonder, well, how is it that... uh, the Muslims are going to assimilate Europe and the United States in the next 40 to 50 years to the point where they are the majority. You say that doesn't sound possible. It Mathematically, it is already done. We are a Muslim nation. We just don't know it yet. And Sharia will be the law. We just haven't got the word yet. But when you look at like what Harry Reid is doing, and you are opening the door to the illegals that can swarm in here and uh, make up. I mean, this is something that I did best. I've been a number of people. It's simple when you have this kind of a doorway to make up papers that make you look like you're now eligible for all these special programs. Anyway, I think that it is traitorous. I think we must get rid. We must give an opportunity so that new people will say, whoa, if we don't follow what the people know to be right, then we aren't going to be in this job. It's not like it used to be where we can sell our souls to special interests and Special interest will buy our positions at election time. Anyway, the issues aren't over. There will be another period of great danger. You're going to have both the House and the Senate loosed upon us so they can come out and try to glad hand you one more time before you vote. But then, after you have voted, we have this dead Congress. And they go back until January. Now, what are they going to be able to pass just to say that they have set things up for the liberals for their special interest groups, for the administration to maybe appoint them uh, to uh, special jobs. You're going to see this don't ask, don't tell. You're going to see Harry Reid's dream bill again, trying to sneak through a dead Congress. And be signed into law, of course, by very much for the next two years at least, a living administration. Now, Ahmadinejad was uh, at the United Nations today. He is the president of Iran. He says that uh, capitalism is on its way out. 
He says that if the United States attacks in any way, shape, or form Iran's nuclear facilities, that we will face war that knows no bounds. I think Ahmadinejad is telling the truth, and I think plans like Harry Reid's to open our borders, to basically take our borders down, is all part of the new world order, the borderless nation. You know, I uh, was a Republican. I, When I ran for president at the behest of uh, the governor, great state of Arizona, while he was getting ready, uh, my candidacy was the Constitution of the United States. It was conservative. I was invited by the California Libertarians, and when I finished to give a talk, when I finished my talk, they said, you know, Bo, uh, you're a libertarian. I said, no, I'm not. I don't believe in legalizing dope. I don't believe in abortion. And I don't believe in a borderless nation. All three of those were key libertarian plans. So while I am a libertarian and want liberty by the individual, there are some things that we need to follow that are God's word as well as the word of the United States in the Constitution. Now, tomorrow, Obama is going to get up before uh, the United Nations, just in case just you want to hear what he's going to say. And then Wednesday, it'll be Ahmadinejad again. By the way, there was a master sergeant named Richard Etchberger, Etchberger, E-T-C-H-B-E-R-G-E-R, who received the Medal of Honor today for something he did on March 10th, 1968, in Laos. We weren't supposed to be in Laos, so it was secret. And he was killed as a result of it. But today, Obama awarded him the Medal of Honor. Alright, so much, you know, why is it secret that we were in Laos? Alright, guys, stay where you are with American Voice Radio, and I'll be back tomorrow. Remember what you're supposed to remember in November. I'll let you these are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the green bird. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. It's a little bit after 3 p.m. It is uh, September 22nd. Uh, go to my blog, irish684.com, and uh, I've got a couple new articles on there. And actually, it'd be helpful if you went there because the first thing I'm going to talk about here in a second is one of the articles I posted on there since we last spoke. 
Uh, thirdly, I mention it every week as do a lot of the other hosts. Uh, please donate to this network. Please donate to this network. And I will, when I get a moment, I will post the donut or donate link uh, in the chat room. And fourthly, go to the chat room. You should all know how to do it. You go to the AmericanVoice.com, find the chat link. It's on the left. Click it. Get in there, and there's a few people in there. It's a good way to kind of communicate, go back and forth. And as I, I say every week, I'm, you know, I don't, I can't really follow it that closely. I'll do the best I can. I hope all that has gotten over. And having said all that, let me just kind of get into some things. First, I'm going to start off with this. This is kind of uh, interesting. It's kind of really current events, actually. It's happening today, right near where I live. The president of China, Jing Jinping, came into town uh, this morning. He, he flew in. He arrived uh, by plane up in Everett, Washington, which is uh, 35, 40 miles north of Seattle. And he's staying in downtown Seattle, the west, and where all the dignitaries, even when Obama, that piece of crap, and he'll be out here next week. Uh, that's where they stay. It's in downtown Seattle. And he got to experience Seattle traffic uh, this morning uh, because it was like it was like almost two hours to get from Everett to Seattle. You know, because in advance, of course, there was a, a lot of uh, roads closed and and different things going on with State Patrol and DOT, and, and so it really messed up traffic. And, and even on, you know, I checked the traffic room because I was on my way home, and uh, they were kind of commenting, you know, the traffic people, that he, he may, he's going to, you know, experience real Seattle traffic, and they were wondering how he himself was going to get to the hotel. But I find it interesting, yeah, he's in town. My guess is he's just over here checking up on his properties or or something, you know, just kind of seeing how the things that they're buying are, you know, just kind of check it out like a landlord would do. And another something interesting that you might be or might not be aware of. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. There is a company. There's a company that offers. I don't know if you heard this. There's a company that offers. Uh, what is it like birth tourism? birth tourism to uh, the Chinese women. Let me see if I can find it. It, it. I had it, and then it kind of went away. Yeah, birth tourism. And so essentially, these Chinese women pay upwards of thirty-five or $40,000 okay, to some company. And they were staying at like a, it was a house. It was a, and I lost the article, but I'll find it here in a second and post it. But just, you know, just the gist of it was so they could come over here and have babies so they could be citizens. Now, as soon as I heard it, I mean, I was appalled, and, and and so should everybody else be appalled. But I mean, like, there you go. And and, and we talk, I think I talked about that last week, or whenever I talked about the Fourteenth Amendment. That's that's not what uh, that's not what the design was. But anyway, there you go. You got Chinese women uh, buying like birth tours and packages. I mean, they're like right up front about it. Yeah. Well, so let's just. Let's get to uh, what I want to talk about today. Uh, my one, I think it's my latest. It's my second to latest article I posted on my blog, and it just simply titled a few questions, and they're kind of worded differently, 
as you read the article. And if you if you go to my blog, irish684.com, you can follow along. If not, I'll go ahead and just kind of read them for you. And now let's let me go over these questions. And there are four of them with a bonus question, okay? And the first question I want to ask of, of you all is, do you feel do you feel your government represents you and your interests? Okay, let me re repeat that. Do you feel your government represents you and your interests? Think about that for a moment. And a lot of people probably won't have to think about that. Just think of a few issues. Gay marriage. How about uh, illegal immigration? I, I thought, like, how about religious freedom, at least for Christians? you got, like, abortion on demand. You have a whole host of things. A whole host of things. Just look at the country today, culturally, today, and kind of just go back maybe to, like, 1955 or 1950. Maybe even 1960. I wouldn't really go much beyond that, but are we not a, a, a vastly different country than we were back then? So, I, I mean, again, it seems like the, the biggest issue of the day, at least, and for some time it, it has been gay marriage, same-sex marriage, sodomite marriage. I mean, that's what, that's what it really is. And, I mean, you've got... You've got a court clerk in, in Kentucky now saying she's willing to go back to jail, which I don't get, and I'll get into that in a second or two. I don't understand why she would. Uh, I don't understand why she would just kind of accept going to jail in the first place. I tell him, come and get me. But anyway, you got you know, and that gets to the religious freedom part on her, at least for her. You know, where's her religious freedom? I mean, you got religious freedom for, for just, well, nearly nearly everyone else. Even Muslims. Even Muslims. Who I thought, who I thought this country's sole mission was to kill. I thought we were supposed to be killing all the Muslims. I mean, that's what Lindsey Graham wants to do. Miss Lindsey Graham, he's the female senator from South Carolina running for president. Uh, he had a quote, and... And I don't have it in front of me, but it was during the debates or something. He had one of his answers, and I think Alan Bass alluded to it about, you know, he's, he wants to go get them Muslims. Go get them. we got a problem with them. But yet they have all this religious freedom. They have unfettered freedom. I mean, you can't even say anything. You can't even say, you can't even say that you don't want one running for president or you wouldn't want one to lead this country. That seems pretty obvious to me and kind of really benign. It doesn't seem... Certainly doesn't seem racist. And now you got Ben Carson. You got Ben Carson just being, he's probably going to have to drop out of the race for, for president, all because he just simply said, no, I don't really think we should have one running for president or leading this country. And you had the likes of Hillary Clinton, and you had others, certainly on the Democratic side, obviously, you know, just coming out saying that that was an awful thing to say, and be careful how you're saying things, because they'd come back and bite you, and so forth, and I mean, my head was spinning. It's unbelievable. So, again, do you feel that your government represents you and your interests? Well, like I said, I don't know about you, but I, no, I don't. I don't feel that way. And I'm just a truck driver. The second question is, are you happy with the current condition of the economy? Now, you know, forget about the things that are like really obvious, like taxes continue to rise and wages fall. I mean, that just happens. Now, it seems to be happening at a more steeper. It seems like the taxes rise more steeply than you know the wages 
okay, fall. And that seems to be getting, you know, that seems to be happening more steeply like every year, if that makes any sense. You know, there are no real jobs to speak of for, for, for anyone, really. We don't make anything anymore. Remember, I remember the steel mills back where I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania. You know, how about the lumber industry? Just out here where I live in the Pacific Northwest, it was a thriving lumber industry. You go out to Lake Aberdeen, Washington, and I spoke about it before down to Longview. All these places are just, they're, they're shutting up these towns, these old towns that you would see like in a Bruce Springsteen video. You get all nostalgic and boy, it's so cool, my hometown. Well, I mean, and that's like that on, on steroids. I mean, you, you just have entire blocks that are just kind of vacant. They're shuttered. The downtown core consists of maybe a subway sandwich shop and maybe an adult bookstore and you know, like a gas station. Okay, and then at the outskirts of town, there's like a huge super Walmart because that's really the only place people can afford to shop any longer. You know, they go there to buy just they go there to buy everything. It's it is really and it sounds cliche, but it's it's really just a big giant China Mart. I think even probably most of the food probably comes from there. I, I don't know. How about the textile mills in the upper Midwest? Remember those? I do as a as a truck driver. And the auto plants in the Midwest, remember those? You know, all these things have been gone, are gone, and they're not coming back. You know, you have mass layoffs. You had a, a couple of grocery store chains uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest merge. And as a result of that, they had to sell off a whole bunch of stores to Hagen, the Hagen grocery store chain, which I think they're out of Minnesota or something. I'm not really sure. Well, you know, it didn't work out real good for, for Hagen because now they went into Chapter 11 and filed for bankruptcy. They're, they're closing a bunch of these stores that they took over from these other two stores, uh, conglomerates, right, that, that merged. And they're laying off a bunch of people. And it's just really sad. You know, it's just really sad that, that people don't have, you know, they don't, they don't really have the, the hope anymore that, you know, they're going to really do as good as their parents. They just don't. And that's, that's sad. And, you know, getting back to your government represents you, well, that ties in with that. They've let these jobs go. Not just let them go. I mean, they just gave them away. They just sold us out. And then they wonder why. It, you know, it, it, it always just kind of kills me when a presidential candidate, whether it's Republican or Democrat, will come out and talk about how they're going to create jobs and they're going to do this to create jobs. The federal government does not create jobs. They cannot create jobs. It's impossible. But what they can do is destroy jobs. That much they can do. And they're very good at that. But creating jobs? Impossible. Well, except maybe for bureaucrats. They're very good at doing that. Look at all the illegal agencies that they have, like Department of Transportation, Department of Education, and so forth. They can create jobs there. These massive, massive bureaucracies that are just black holes of taxpayer money. They're very good at doing that. But as far as like, uh, like keeping a, you know, opening a steel mill or a, or a textile plant or opening up a lumber yard somewhere, no, they can't create those jobs. But their, their policies have certainly destroyed them. But on, at this, on the same token, if they didn't have such anti-American, anti-people policies, well, those jobs would have never been gone in the first place. And this country would be thriving like it used to be.
So anyway, I ask, again, are you happy with the current condition of the economy? I got to tell you, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Now, the third question is, are you happy with the, with the current social climate in your country? And I guess that really can tie in as I, as I look at it now to the, to the first question. I had some notes written down. Uh, just recently, last Friday, well, you can go to the Kim Davis thing. That, that's really, and it's ongoing. Again, she, I just heard her interview this morning, and she's willing to go back to jail. And again, I don't understand that. I don't understand why she went to jail in the first place. She didn't break any laws, and she should have stood her ground. I mean, what, you go to jail for just defying a judge's order? I'm sorry, and a federal judge at that, I would have called the sheriff of that county and said, I need protection from the, these federal goons. They're, they're coming to get me. Will somebody come protect me? I, am I, would I be out of line in doing so? Is that kind of radical thinking? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. But just recently here in Bellingham, Washington, that's up on the border of Canada, with Canada, just north of me, about a hundred and so miles or whatever. Last Friday, let me see if I can find it here. My uh, my mouse went dead. So last Friday, uh, immigration activists filed a former complaint. Now I'm, I'm reading from this article. Because uh, what happened is uh, a 15 year old illegal immigrant was stopped in a in a traffic. During a traffic stop, and he was subsequently arrested. And and now, just let me read on with the article a little bit. It says immigration activists filed a form of complaint against the Bellingham Police Department on Friday, saying an officer racially profiled. Of course, they always they always have to, to go to the to the racist thing. They always have to. That's it. That's their that's their trump card, and it works. They just throw that out there. So let me continue. Racially profiled a 15-year-old boy who had been stopped for a traffic infraction. The boy ended up in custody of the U.S. Border Patrol agents and was detained for 12 hours. Now, here's the, the boy. He's quoting. He said it was scary. He said they put you in a jail uniform. All of them were adults, and they had tattoos. And since that was the 15-year-old boy talking. Alfredo Lilo Juarez was pulled over in downtown Bellingham after going the wrong way down a one-way street in June. He, he had taken his parents' car without permission or a license. He admitted to the police that he was undocumented, meaning he's an illegal alien, but he lied to them about his age. He told them he was 18. And so the police, with no ID and a, and a false age, they couldn't determine what his identity was. So, you know, they took him at his word and treated him as an adult. So he wonders and why he ended up at some immigration uh, facility in Tacoma. Now, it's quite a ways. That's where the uh, federal walk-up is, I guess. Uh, here in, you know, at least in Western Washington. Okay. And, you know, and it goes on further. And as soon as I can, uh, I will, I'll post this article in there, you know, but here you go. You know, uh, you know, do, does that make any sense to you? Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it really goes on, the article. It continues on to, to really just, you know, at least blew my mind. You know, these activists are saying that their job is that the, the police, the Bellingham Police Department's job is to uh, give traffic tickets and see that, you know, the safety of the public is first, not, uh, you know, enforce integration. Well, I think that's what they were doing. And it turns out that his parents are undocumented, too, and they're farm workers. No kidding, right? So, folks, you know... How can you really be happy with the current state 
the current social climate of this country when things like that go on. What if it had been you driving the wrong way down a one-way street with, with no driver license? I'm, I'm thinking you'd go to jail, too. And who would come to your defense when you wouldn't have some uh, immigration activist coming to your defense? And it's just the, the ease with which they do it is one thing. But the ease in with which they get away with it and get and just completely like take over the the narrative is even worse. That's just not right. This is America. This isn't. Well, it's obviously something different now. So again, again, I ask: Are you happy with the current social climate of this country? I'm not, and I can't understand how anybody could be. Well, that's like. Uh, that's like three for three and oh right there. Let's go to the fourth question. Are you happy with the political process in your country? Now, you know, this one, let's just look at what's going on. You, you've got a dozen or more candidates for each party uh, with about a full year and a half to go before the, the election, even running, vying for the presidency. You have basically, not basically, you we have a two-party system, which is essentially a one-party system, that absolutely lock out a third-party candidate. Well, Trump banded. He had to sign like this. And that was so blatant. I mean, that was so blatant that I can't imagine that others didn't see that going, wait a minute, man. Oh, wait a minute here. They're, they're forcing this guy that if he, if he doesn't get nominated, that he's going to support the – he's not going to go third-party? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. I have always been in a, in a proponent of what's called proportional representation. And, you know, it's, it's not complicated, it, but it would, be, it would be certainly new, you know, to this country. And what proportional representation would be is, for instance, uh, for instance, let me just read – from Wikipedia here uh, for a second. Proportional representation characterizes electoral systems by which divisions in electorate are reflected proportionally in the elected body. For instance, if 30% of the electorate support a particular political party, then roughly 30% of the seats would be won by that party. And and it's a pretty lengthy, you know, thing on Wikipedia. And there's a, there's a pretty good book that I've just recently ordered on the subject, so I can you know, read it more in depth, but we don't have, you know, and well, look, let me just put it to you in a more simpler way. Today's politicians buy for the black vote. They, they openly say, we're going to go for the black vote. We're trying to get the black vote. They, they buy for the women vote. We're going to get that woman vote. We got to get that. They, they buy for the, for the Latino vote, whatever that is. And they, they all openly, we're going to, we got to get that Latino vote. How about uh, the gay vote? They go after the, the gay, the sodomite vote. They got to go after those sodomites. Even the Muslims, they go after the Muslim vote, and on and on, and et cetera, et cetera. But who do they always miss? Who do they always miss? Well, they always kind of miss the white vote. Where's the where's going after the white vote? You'll never hear them saying they're going to go after the white vote. Well, because that would be racist. So. The question of whether or not the question of whether or not 
you know, are we happy with the political process in this country? It has to be a resounding H, no. Heck no. How could we be? It's a circus. I mean, just every day on the news, and look, I'm not going to backtrack on how I feel about Trump or, or any candidate for that matter, but I do find it interesting that Scott Walker dropped out and I heard him on a quote this morning on my way home, listening to the draft report, you get the news in between and so forth. And he's dropping out and he said that he's, he's doing it because he wants others to focus more strongly on getting someone in there. And I forget the exact quote, but it was, it was a direct jab. It was a direct kind of punch in the gut to Donald Trump. They just hate this guy. You got Carly Fiorina out there saying negative things about him and not really in any meaningful way. They just don't like the guy. Okay. They just don't like them, the guy. And so how can you be happy with that? I mean, if, if, and he's up there in the polls, he's been leading in the polls, but since I think day one, he's been leading in the polls. But look, these people will do anything. Scott Walker's the first. He dropped out. He said what he said. You're going to have others do the same thing. And they're going to rally around one another, okay? They're going to rally around one another. If they see Trump is, is, a, is a threat to them and their little fight them, because that's what they really think it is. They, they think it's theirs. And they certainly don't want – and if Carly Fiorina thinks that she's going to, like, all of a sudden be the queen bee – She's got another thing coming, too, besides the fact that she's a terrible candidate, a terrible candidate. I mean, just and I don't even know why they're not talking about her record at Hewlett Packard. You know, she didn't just lay off like thirty five thousand, forty thousand people uh, to streamline costs. That was because of a completely failed business plan. And they just had to. There you go, man. Sorry. Here's a pink slip because she screwed up. So, you know, if she thinks for a moment that she's going to, like I said, be the queen bee, she's got another thing in common. She's kind of, not kind of, she's an outsider, too. But it gets back to the question, are you happy with the political process? Because it's, it's a circus. It's a three-ring circus. It's a sham. To, to say that they've already got their candidate picked might be too conspiratorial, but it's probably true. They probably already got the two candidates picked. And they probably already got the winner decided. And so now what we're going through, and I've said this before, that it seems to be happening earlier and earlier during these presidential cycles, at least. Like I said, what has it been, like a full year and a half or more before the election? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That doesn't even make any sense. That makes no sense. This, the political process in this country is broken, along with just about everything else. And... The, the, and the political process of itself is, is probably one of the, I would put it top two in the, in the worst, you know, broken aspects of this, of what's wrong, of, of, of everything that's wrong in this country. So, again, you know, just kind of ask yourself, you know, that question or those four questions and look at them and examine them. And that might be, you know, a better way to, you know, get to the bottom of it some things. And we're about ready for break, so I think what I'll do is I'll stop, and after break, we'll kind of move on to the bonus question and some other topics. So we'll see you then.
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
welcome back. Second half of the condition critical show for Tuesday, September 22nd. 39 minutes past the hour, 3 o'clock out here. I just thought I'd throw in a little bit of old school Ted Nugent there for my music. I don't know if anybody caught that, but that was old school Ted Nugent with the Amboy Dudes. You know, back before he kind of went off as rocker. I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy can still play guitar. You know, he's older now and he doesn't look the same as he he did. But, uh, yeah, he he certainly could just play guitar back then and, and entertain. And he, I think he, he kind of went off the rails. Oh, I don't know. It, it's been a long time, you know. I mean, he even wrote a book. What was it, Ted White and Blue or something like that? You know, he became just one of these Fox News talking head kind of guys that they would get on there, and, and he just kind of should have stuck to, to playing guitar. I don't know what you guys think, but that's what I think. I still like Ted. His old stuff's really good, and, and that was old, old Ted Nugent from the Amboy Duke days. I think one of those songs actually from the late 60s, and the other one was from like kind of the early 70s. It's going kind to of, kind of give you an, an indication of the time frame of, of those songs. But anyway, there you go. Old school thing. Okay, let's move on. I think we've uh, kind of gone over, you know, the, the four questions. I don't know if you guys have pondered those questions yourself and maybe some of the answers. Some of your answers may be different. Let me just go over them one more time. The first question was, do you feel your government represents you and your interest? Second question was, are you happy with the current condition of the economy? The third question is, uh, are you happy with the current social climate of your country? And fourth question, are you happy with the political process? And again, just think about those questions, folks, really, just kind of consider them and, you know, come to your own conclusions and, and just take it from there. The fourth, I'm sorry, the the bonus question. to an automatic your call Your call. Hello. Okay, I don't know if I'm on the air. Uh, No. Okay, sorry about that. Let me... uh, 
All right. As you guys know, I've been having Internet problems. Frank and I were talking about it during the break, and I am working on that. It's going to be fixed by the 28th, I can promise you that. So I'm doing this over my phone again. That's really uh, unprofessional. I apologize for it uh, to the host and to the, to the listeners, to anyone that's listening. It's embarrassing, and I, I apologize. So hopefully you guys can let me know in the chat room if you can hear me. Uh, because, uh, yeah, my Skype dropped because my Internet is is just really awful. It's unbelievably awful. And I, I'm not going to really get into it any further than that. It's uh, That's uh, the only way I can sum it up. Internet is awful. So where did I leave off? Oh, I left off with the bonus question. Uh, and the bonus question was how much longer should we continue to support uh, law enforcement? And I don't know where... I left off beyond that, but I guess I can start over. Again, let me preface it to say that it could be a touchy question and a touchy subject among some people, and uh, I don't mean no offense to anyone. But one thing I'm not going to do, but but it may seem like I'm going to do it, I'm only saying it, you know, here's what I want to say. I'm not one to say, you know, it's not all cops. It's not all the police. You know, it's, 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 it's only some of them, because that's, that should go without saying. Okay, so just let me put that out there right now. That, that's, that goes without saying, so I'm not going to be one of those apologists, you know, that has to preface their things uh, with, that type of, with that type of talk. So, or that type of, you know, kind of disclaimer. Now, so how many instances? I mean, you could, they've got websites, like uh, Cops Gone Wild or something, right? Uh, uh, bad cops acting badly or something, you know cop watch or something. I don't, I've never been to those sites or to that particular site, uh, but you guys can go to them. I don't have any links to provide. I'm sure you, you guys have all heard of them. And you can find instances every day of, of cops just acting badly. And sometimes so bad that a life gets taken uh, wrongly. Okay. And they just continue and continue and continue to get away with it. And I don't know when, you know, and this can really tie back into some of the questions that I asked about the, you know, the social, uh, you know, uh, where our country is socially and, and even economically. It can, you, can, you can really kind of fit all of, of that into this question. But I would say one of the leading things, and this is my opinion, one of the leading things uh, where I think the, the, the cops have, on bad, I trace it back to SWAT, to the to the uh, inception of the introduction of SWAT teams. And if you're not familiar with SWAT teams, SWAT teams were uh, developed in the Los in Los Angeles in the Los Angeles Police Department by uh, the their inspector, who became I think he became the mayor Daryl F. Gates. Okay, and they did it, and you know they did it. And I'm just going to read from a, a thing from the LAPD. It's the history of SWAT. The special weapons and tactics concept originated in the late 60s as a result of several sniping incidences against civilians and police officers around the country. Many of these incidences occurred in Los Angeles during and after the Watts riots. And upon cr- critical examination of how each incident was managed by police, the leadership of the LAPD realized that an effective response to these dangerous situations was uh, virtually non-existent. Officer John Nelson presented the special weapons and tactics concept to a young inspector by the name of Daryl 
F. Gates. And then you know the kind of the history of it from there. But here's the thing. With SWAT, okay, with SWAT, you got and you have gotten uh, military-style hardware, hence militarization of the police forces. And now maybe in the beginning, you know, maybe in the beginning, certainly in the beginning I would say that that probably wasn't, you know, an issue, okay, in the beginning. But here's the thing, with, with federal stuff, with, with anything federal, is that now they want control. That's like their, that's like they're in. That's, you know, that's like the, they, that's how they get their foot in the door. They're like, oh, oh, hey, that's cool. You got a SWAT team? Yeah, yeah. You, hi, how about we got some, uh, hey, uh, Bob, don't we have like a warehouse full of like automatic uh, M16 surplus? Yeah, yeah, Joe. Hey, hey, here you go. We'll send these to you. How much? No, three. Hey, here they are. Oh, and we have, uh, uh, Joe, don't we have uh, one of those uh, armored personnel carriers that we're not using with a, a machine gun turret on top? Yeah, yeah, we got one of those too. Yeah. Anyway, here, here you go. How much? Free. Free charge. Go ahead. There you go. Now I'm kind of being facetious, but you get my point. So then they get these items, and then they continue to get more and more, and then the federal government now seizes control, essentially. And this is, you know, where you get the militarization of the police forces. And in my opinion, there's no turning back. There's this no turning back from this. You have even the most local police departments now, and you can read about this. You can just Google it. That you you have some of the most rural police departments receiving uh, military surplus equipment, machine guns, uh, night vision gear, sniper rifles, uh, armored personnel carriers, uh, fortified Humvees, you name it, Uh, tanks even sometimes, tracked vehicles. That's not good. That is, look, that's just not good. Okay, I think anyone with any sense would be able to look at that and say, hey, man, this isn't good. And it's not just, you know, it's not just that they get these things. Because that's one thing. But here's, but here you go. I mean, hey, man, once you get a new toy, don't you want to use it? I mean, hey, man, now we got to use this stuff. And then it becomes not a, even, then it becomes more than just about training with this stuff. Hey, man, uh, we've been going to the range, and we've been going out to the to the proving grounds, and, and the military base has been letting us on. And, man, we've just been having a blast. We're literally in the tire house. I don't know if you guys know what a tire house is. A tire house is a, is a house made out of tires where you can fire live ammunition. I used to, I used to, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in tire houses, if you will, when I was, when I was in a ranger unit, they're kind of fun, but there you go. And, and look, like I said, eventually they're going to want to use these things. Now, uh, does Ruby Ridge ring a bell? Does Waco ring a bell? And those are just really the two most glaring examples. But there are many. There look, there are many others that I won't say are less significant, but certainly they didn't garner as much, you know, national or even international attention as those two events did. And so the question remains: How much longer are we going to continue to support law enforcement? Because it's it's not law enforcement anymore. It's something different. It, they've become 
like henchmen, really, little mini kind of detachments of henchmen of the federal government because the federal government has their little fingers in there and every nook and cranny. They just do. Once you take their stuff, I mean, once you take their stuff and you thought it was just kind of innocent and, oh, it's, hey, man, they're just giving it to us, we're wrong. Now they got their little fingers in there and now they're controlling policy. The Seattle Police Department has been just really lambasted over the last couple of years, and the federal government came in, the Justice Department came in, and they're, they're totally revamping it. They have to go by all these federal guidelines. Does that make any sense to you? And that's not just the Seattle Police Department, I'm sure. I think it's probably happened in every major police department, Chicago, probably Philadelphia, New York City, certainly, uh, Miami. I'm sure uh, L.A. I'm sure the federal government has been to – and what was their – what was their foot in the door? Well, their foot in the door was, hey, man, you know, we gave you a whole bunch of automatic weapons and tanks and, and smoke grenades and stun grenades, training. We gave that to you all for free. Now you owe us. And it's like they, they feel like they, their hands are tied. So, you know, to say that it's out of control is one thing, but to say that there's no turning back, that's, that's quite another but I think that's where we are. It's just like with everything else. It's like, it's like with everything else. Or like the other questions that I asked earlier in the beginning of what's wrong with this country and how we've just lost control. We're losing control. And we're just sitting by the sidelines and, and, and not doing anything about it. Why do you think it is? And it's just my opinion why do they come out with a new iPhone every six months? I mean, why? It's to, I, I, to keep people confused, maybe. Hey, man, it's I gotta, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. How can I focus? There's a new iPhone coming out every six months, and I'm not like an iPhone basher. Okay, I, I'm not. I, I've, I, I have an iPhone device that I've had and got rid of, and and I'm kind of using it again. Whatever. Uh, not a, a, an iPhone basher as far as that goes. They got their problems, I understand. But my point is, they come out with these devices, uh, and it's just, it's not just that though. It's the, the TV. It's all these distractions. It's it's Monday night football, and then Thursday night football. And now they get football on Saturdays, and it's like every you know, you turn the TV on any day of the week, got a football game on live. Okay, they've got a NASCAR screwed up. They've got, you know, they've got the, the chase format. They've got it all discombobulated. Everything's like a three-ring circus. Everything is, is designed to keep you mentally, like, preoccupied with, with BS and nonsense. And it's, so you can't even, <coughs> excuse me, you can't even uh, begin to pay attention. And the attention span of the, the normal uh, American is, has always, you know, been pretty low anyway, and it's just gotten really doubly so. Let me, it's getting close to the end of the show, and I kind of want to end with this. Let me see how I can, I, I don't have this written down or anything, so let me see if I can just put it to you like this. People have ho- hobbies, uh, you know, collecting baseball cards, uh, you know, working with wood, say, you know, gardening, uh, hot rods, you know, Harley Davidsons, whatever. I myself, uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I, I tie knots with 550 cord crosses and keychains and you, lanyards, bracelets, necklaces, dog leashes, whatever. It's a hobby. 
and your hobbies are fun. Uh, they can get expensive sometimes, and sometimes they can get boring. You get a new hobby, but a hobby is a hobby. Okay. Well, this this wee little endeavor that we're all involved in, whatever you want to call it, the Patriot Movement, legal reform, uh, whatever you want to call it, it's not a hobby. Okay. And it shouldn't be treated as a hobby. This movement, this wee little movement, requires boots on the ground. It requires action. And if you treat it like a hobby, that's all it's going to become, and that's all anyone else is going to consider it, is, oh, that's just a hobby. They'll go away. If, if people come off at times intense about the patriot, the, their involvement in the patriot movement or legal reform or how about liberty or freedom? I mean, should really, should liberty and freedom be treated as a hobby? You have to embrace those things every day. You can't just sit back and expect to maintain your liberty or freedom if you don't maintain them and treat or treat them as a hobby. And that, I believe, is one of the fundamental things that is wrong in this patriot movement. And I'll just call it that, uh, just for, you know, for the sake of time, is that most people treat it as a hobby. And that's, that's, you know, that's, how, that's the only way I can really say it without – and I never mean to offend or, or certainly offend anyone that is listening or my listeners or anyone on Frank's network. But that's what's happening, and they know this. The other side knows this, that we treat this thing as a hobby. And, they can, and what they do is they, the ones that, you know, the people, and some people have really gotten very serious, and, they're, and they've been very easy to pick off. They just pick them off because they're just one person. What's the, how's the line go? And I don't know who said it. Something like, uh, put a sword in my hand and, and I become a soldier. Uh, give me a pen and I can create an army, something like that. I guess what the point I'm trying to make is, you know, it, it, it's going to take more than, it's always going to take more than one person. You know, if we can, there's a, there's a, there's a thing called a Venn diagram, and I think it's like some kind of a, it's a mathematical kind of concept where you take two circles, or it's an engineering concept or something, you take these two circles, and you, you know, you kind of overlap them, but not fully, and so you have, and you can move these circles, right? Uh, and the closer you move them together to where they're, like, totally overlapping, you know, you have, like, basic cohesion. But as you move them apart, then you have, you know, you have a, a part on the left of the circle, okay, of the circles, and a part to the right where, you know, there's disagreement on the, on the left and the right. And too many times, I think, in the Patriot Movement, you have people that instead of, you know, Focusing on what they agree on, they get too hung up on what they disagree on. And many times, many times, what they disagree on is, is minute compared to the stuff that they agree on, which is immense. But I, for whatever reason, maybe because people treat it as a hobby, or I don't know why they do that. 
But if we can't just, if we can't all start agreeing on the things that we agree on, it's, and it seems so simple because, like I said, I would dare say that we agree on more things than we disagree on in this wee little movement and that we should start focusing on that. We're about down to the end of the show. I don't hear the music yet. Uh, I don't have my clock with me here. I hope that some of this made sense, what I was talking about today. Please consider everything that I spoke about. And until we talk again next week, hey, guys, I want to thank everyone for listening. And For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.